Today, I'm going to be sharing with you the 10 characteristics that make a successful business. Now, before we get into this, you're going to note that a lot of the characteristics I talk about are not the things you would typically expect to see in a business seminar. I'm not going to talk about sales, marketing, advertising. I'm not going to talk about staff. I'm not going to talk about hiring the right people. Those things are being taught by other people. I've got an entire program called the Smart Blueprint, which is the blueprint that I apply to a business to make it make money, right? That's not what I'm here to teach you today. We're going to talk about the other stuff, the stuff no one talks about. But I'm telling you, there are 10 characteristics that if they are missing from business, I know that business is going to fail. I know it's going to struggle. And I want to tell you what these 10 characteristics are. And we need to ask yourself, how good are you at each of these things? Do you need help in any of them? You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. So I believe that seeing is believing. And I want to start by having a very serious discussion with your brain. Because let's be real, we are all doubters, right? We are critics, we're cynics. And for many of us, seeing is believing. Are you like that? Are you someone that needs to see something in order to believe it? Because I definitely am. Let me know if that's you. If you're someone that like, no, I need to see it. I'm not just going to take blind faith in it. I need to see this. Give me a favor. Let me know in the chat if that's you. And in fact, throughout today, every time I say something that you're like, wow, that was amazing, we're going to call that a gold nugget. And you guys are going to write that in the chat and let me know that I've said something because that will help me know that what you heard was good, right? So seeing is believing. I get to see that what I did actually helped you. That's going to be really important. But if you're someone that needs to see something to believe it, just like me, right? If I believe I've helped you, I need to see it with that reinforcement of you saying gold nugget. Why should you believe me today? Like, Am I actually good? Like, do I actually know anything about business? I believe I have to prove this to you first. And that's how I want to start. I want to have this conversation with your brain. And I want to show your brain that I do know what I'm talking about. So that being said, if you're okay with it, with your permission, I'd like to take just a few minutes before we get started and invite you into my world. I want to show you what my world looks like and show you a little bit about what I do. Now, I'll be honest, I don't normally feel comfortable bragging. So if you follow me on social media, you may not see um, oh, these things I might share with you, you may not know about. I, I really don't brag about this stuff. So I'm going to show you and invite you into my world a little bit. So I want your permission before I do it because sometimes that can be uncomfortable, but I think I have to share this with you before we talk business. You've got to know how good I actually am. All right, here we go. So these are two of the awards that I, uh, I'm known for winning. One of them is the Two Comma Club. That means I earned over a million dollars from one website in a single year. They actually changed it. Now it's just a million dollars um, overall. But back when I won it, which was in 2017, uh, you had to make a million dollars from a single website in a single year. And that was, uh, I got myself that, uh, my two comma club award. The one I'm more proud about is the Wicked Smart Award, which I announced at the beginning of this week. That is where 200 business owners who are all doing at least $10 million or more a year had to vote on the guy that they felt was wicked smart and had the most wicked smart business idea. Um, and they voted for me. 
So that's 200 peers who all make $10 million a year or more in their business voted. And what I didn't say online is I actually received over 50% of the votes. It was like 53% of the room voted for me as the best idea and the most applicable. Um, I'm actually going to share the idea with you in today's seminar. That's one of the things you guys are going to get, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but I'm also going to share a whole bunch of other stuff with you as well. So I'm good. Like I'm good enough that 200 other business experts vote for me. I'm good enough that I can take one website and make a million dollars in a single year. I'm that kind of good. But let me show you a little bit more. I want to prove to you that my business is capable of making $127,800 in a single day. Now, um, a few months ago, actually about a year ago, I, write an, I wrote an article about how my company made $127,800 in a single day with a single set of promotions that we did. Um, and I found the easiest way to prove that I did that, um, I could have showed you my bank balance, uh, which is there. You can see the available balance, $165,022. I don't know how many of you have ever gone to your bank, bank account and see that kind of money, but that's not the kind of money most people have. Um, but that's not interesting, right? To show off cash. So instead, if I said to you, hey, here's an extra hundred grand that you weren't expecting, right? It's bonus money. You do it a single day. What would you do with it? And I think almost everybody would agree with me. You know, let me know in the chat. I'd like to know what you'd do with it. But I think most people buy a house, right? You'd, if you've got an extra 100 grand, you don't have any debt, you just buy a house. I, I feel like that's what people do with 100 grand. Um, and that's what I did. I bought a house. I actually bought a building. This is the building I bought. I bought 7-Eleven Chestnut Street. Uh, it was 575000 I bought it in the dip during COVID. Um, and you can see the, the deposit. You can see me signing the contract for it. Um, I bought... I bought a house. That's what I did. Well, I bought a game store, technically. I bought a building. That's what I did with it. Um, but as you noticed, there was a lot more money in savings. So what did I do with the leftovers? Well, I bought a hot tub. Uh, some of you know about the hot tub because I fell out of the hot tub and severed my shoulder. So I paid $16,000 for a hot tub and then just as much in medical fees. Uh, pretty fun to know that. So there was obviously money left over after that. The money that was left over... I used to benefit my employees and staff. Everyone got uh, a bonus at the end of last year. Um, and of course, I used some of that cash to help some of my other friends. I have a friend going through surgery. I sent them some money. Um, and this was just bonus cash. This is like people being like, if you won you know, $130,000 on the lottery, what would you do with it? Well, I, I spent it the way that I would, I would normally do with it. That's the kind of thing that I would do. Now, I, I'm looking at a lot of comments. People are saying, um, I would save some of it, settle my affairs, invest in myself. I like that. I'm seeing what some of you say. Invest in the markets, make my money work for me. Um, so even I wouldn't invest in a house and invest something else, something I could make money. Okay, so I love seeing what you guys are saying, but I want to show you something. We're going to go a little bit further. Um, now, some people may say that it is a waste to spend all that cash in my savings account, right? You guys can see it was 160 grand. I burnt through it. I spent 112 on the deposit, 16,000 on the, the hot tub, another 16,000 fixing my shoulder. Um, but I have three things that I want to share with you about this, okay? Number one, uh, a lot of people are like, you know, oh, you used all your savings, but why would I keep money in a low interest savings account? There's no reason. The only reason money goes in my savings account is to be spent. That's why it goes there. My actual money, the money that, I, that is reliable, goes on investments, right? I, I invest in the stock market. I invest in cryptocurrency. I invest in other people's companies. I invest in all sorts of different ways. So my, my money goes to investments. Um, when I've got a, a huge windfall where I make over 100 grand in a day, in bonus cash, remember guys, that's extra money. Not the money my business normally makes. It's just, we did a promotion, got a ton of extra cash. Um, I'm going to spend it. 
because that's what I want to do. There's no need to keep all my money in low interest savings. That's why my bank balance was only only was only 160 some thousand dollars. That was just all the bonus money that I didn't have anything to do with. So I, I spent it. Um, and I could have put more in my investments. I could have, but I think, um, well, I'll show you why. Um, it's not frivolous to invest in a property that will benefit my company and family for years to come. The property that I bought is actually a, a retail store. That store this month so far in April has made me $22,000. Um, so I put down $112,000 as the deposit um, and it made me $22,000 this month alone. So actually the return on the investment I get for owning that shop is significantly higher than I would get on the stock market or anywhere else. Um, and it's also, I don't think it's a waste to invest in my team and my staff that support me and giving them bonuses, especially, and this is very important, when I know I can consistently make that amount of money whenever I want. I know how to go out there and just make a hundred grand, which brings to the third point, the most important point. If you think that what I did is frivolous, then at least you do believe that I made the money. And that was the point because seeing is believing. My whole goal here wasn't to actually have a discussion about what I should do with the money. I wanted you to see that I have that kind of money and I can make it because I want you to be able to do that. I want you to be able to make a hundred grand in a day and go out there and, and decide whether it's best to invest it, buy crypto, start a business, put it on a house. That's why we're here, guys. I want you to make that kind of money. Does that sound like something you'd like to learn how to do, to be able to do that? Because I did it with processes through my smart blueprint, through the things I'm going to share with you today. That's how I did it. Do you want that? Do you want to know how I think? Do you want those systems and structures? If the answer is yes, then let me know. Let me know in the chat because brains are a funny thing. If you can find doubt in something, you're going to. And once I can remove the doubt or negativity, it starts to doubt the morality or the sincerity of why I'm doing it. And that's what started happening, right? People are like, oh, that was a waste of money or you shouldn't have done this. Or you, everyone had an opinion. But the point is that was just your brain's doubt trying to manifest in a different way. In my world, I try and kill that doubt. I, don't tr I try not to doubt other people. I try not to doubt myself. I rely on metrics and systems and numbers and math. I try and stay in the real world and I try and remove my personal opinion. I don't want the personal opinion. I want to know what I'm dealing with. I want to deal with the true harsh facts of reality that I can deal with. I know I can make that kind of money again so I can spend it. I don't have to worry about whether I can or can't. I know how to do it. The confidence of reality and real numbers is what enables me to be successful. I'm not here giving you guys some vague systems. I'm giving you things that really will work, okay? So I just wanted to have that conversation with your brain. I hope you don't mind. I just needed you to get that this is real. I know what I'm doing and I want to help you, okay? So today I'm doing a lot more than just giving away money, of course. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you how to make money for yourself by showing you how I do it. And I'm going to show you what I'm good at. Now, I prefer teaching someone how to fish instead of giving them a fish. Okay. Does that work for you? Are you open now? Is your mind open to wanting to learn what I know how to do? Because if it is, I'd like to give it to you. Right. Does that sound good to you? Okay. What is it like to work with me? I'm the guy that lots of people come to for help with their business, including negotiating deals and making money. People pay me 25 grand for a single day of teaching them negotiations alone. And, and it's worth it, right? Because 25,000 is a lot of money. But if you made back that 25K within three months, it would have been worth it, right? You give me 25 today, you get 25 back in three months. But then three months later, you use what I taught you, you make another 25K. 
Three months later, you do it again and you do it again for the rest of your life. You pay me 25 grand once and now you make that money back. Would you agree that's worth it? Let me know. Would that be worth it? You pay me 25K today. It hurts you. You have to borrow it. You got to phone up grandma. But then in three months time, you make 25K. Three months later, you do it again and again and again and again for the rest of your life. Is that worth it? Um, what kind of results can 25K get you? Uh, so here's a guy that I work with. I'm going to play a video. Hi, my name is Alan D'Angelo. I, I own four companies. And I take equity positions in companies as an investor. And I'm always looking for companies to buy and sell. I take positions in. Um, just want to say thanks, Adam. I've been using your negotiating outlines and your scripts, your questions to think very differently about deals as I've been approaching a new perspective on businesses and companies. Um, this last week, uh, I met with Adam on Monday as well. And he helped me work through a negotiation with some ideas about that. And it was incredibly valuable. Uh, I just want to say Adam on Friday, this was yesterday, did a two-hour final negotiation with the company, and I bought a $10 million company. So I want to say thank you, Adam, for all the materials, all the ideas, all the negotiating outlines that have been helpful, but also for that one-on-one work as well. So look forward to doing much more with you and uh, in the future. And I, I just want to say thanks. So this guy paid me 25 grand and he ended up buying a $10 million business at a discount. Now, I, you know, NDAs, I can't tell you exactly how much he bought it less for, but I promise you he got a better deal than saving $25,000, right? That's the point. And of course, that $10 million business is going to make him money for life, right? So you guys understand, this is why people pay me money. I'm not a little business guy. I'm a big business guy. I'm a help people that do $10 million deals kind of guy but I like helping little people because I was a little person, right? I get it. I want to help you. So um, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go to the next one. Okay. So here's some of the people that I've worked with. You may have heard of some of them. In the top right here, we have JP Sears. That's somebody I got brought on board to help him with his business. In the bottom left, we have Garrett Gunderson. Garrett Gunderson wrote a book, What Would the Rockefellers Do? It's a pretty famous financial book. I helped him too. In fact, behind him, you can see me outlining his business strategy. Pretty cool, right? In the bottom right, we have Sean Stevenson. He's a very famous public speaker. That's me on stage talking to Sean Stevenson, sharing advice, teaching Sean Stevenson privately over the phone how to help grow his business. So these are the kind of people I work with. I work with real people who are very successful, but I don't brag about it. I keep it quiet because I'm not that kind of guy. And it's why people like working with me, right? They like coming to me because they know I'm not going to brag about it. But I've worked with some pretty successful people in life. But I help all sorts of people. I don't just help celebrities and very wealthy people. And it's not just negotiating negotiating in sales. It's actually all areas of business. So here's a story from a client that means a lot to me. And I think a lot of us will be able to relate to the pain of knowing we need to do something, but not finding the motivational steps to actually do it. So is that something you've suffered from where you know you should do it, but you don't know where the motivation is going to come from to be able to do it? If so, let me know in the chat. Hi, I'm Jackson Ace, owner of Steelshire Design. Um, a while back, I was having some problems with, with my company and most likely with myself. Um, I had really poor organizational skills, time management skills. Um, I knew nothing about marketing and, and how important that was to my company. Uh, and a little bit while back, uh, Adam approached me about joining Launchpad. So, uh, I was a little bit skeptical at first. It was nothing I've ever tried. Um, I'm a little shy. So meeting up with new people is, is kind of hard for me. But uh, I did join, and I met a lot of great people. Uh, Adam and his team helped me out a lot, really great mentors. Um, talked a lot with them and learned so much, uh, especially with marketing um, and time management skills, time management skills as well. Uh, it really put me on track. I had tons of stuff that I had to do. 
Um, and it was sitting on my plate for months. Um, and with, with the organizational structure that they gave me, I was able to knock all of it out in just weeks where I was sitting on but for months. Um, so, you know, really helping out with the branding as well, giving us a more polished look, um, that was really helpful. It helped land some really big contracts that we've been, you know, kind of looking for before. And it, it was really great to get all that. Um, I would really highly recommend working with this team. They're, they're excellent. And they sure showed me what to do. And it really helped out a lot. So there you go, guys. So this is a good example. Uh, this guy signed up for my 25K program. Um, we guide him through, and as you can see in his own words, we helped him get clients. I mean, a single client to this guy is like seven figures. So we helped him make a lot of money off of not a lot that he had to pay us for the outlay. I truly care about what I do. My question to you right now is, do you believe that I know what I'm talking about? Have I successfully convinced you to care about what I have to say? Now, if you are open to listening and learning from me and you want to learn the 10 characteristics that make a successful business, that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today, there's got to be a part of you that's wondering, why is Adam doing this for free? Because today is not a pitch, right? I'm not going to sit here and sell you all day and be like, you should buy my stuff. If you pay me money, I'll tell you the 10 characteristics. I'm actually going to teach them to you today. I'm going to teach you 10 very applicable, uh, I'm going to teach you 10 problems, then 10 applicable solutions to remove those problems. They're going to get you 10 very good results. Make sense? You're going to get some really good advice here and it's free. I'm doing it for two reasons. The first is I like giving back and helping. Believe it or not, I genuinely do. I used to be just like anyone that's struggling. In fact, I was a janitor. Uh, life was sucky for me. I knew the pain off of living off of cheap ramen noodles, um, and I would add an egg to it, uh, soy sauce, and a little bit of honey. Makes it amazing, by the way. If you haven't done that, you should try it. Uh, but back then, all I wanted was for someone to show me what to do. I would say to people all the time, please help me. Tell me how to do this, but no one could explain it simply or give me the confidence that I could actually achieve these things myself. So I had to take matters into my own hands. Now I'm trying to help as many people as possible do what I did, right? Because I know the pain of having to do it myself. I want to help you do it. That's, that's why I'm doing it. It's a big reason. But I understand that I'm going to have to do this for free if I want as many people as possible to want to listen to me. Get it? That's my whole goal here. So um, I need to earn your trust by giving you the information first, right? So that's what I'm trying to do. With that said, if you know anyone that you think could do from improving their life, that you know maybe they could make some more money or grow their business or build a business, please refer them to me. Like you've got the link to this seminar. You can text it to somebody right now and be like, yo, I'm here, I'm checking this out. Um, I want to do it. You know, let me know in the chat. If any of you do that, I'll be super appreciative because that's how we grow. That's how we're going to do it. And I do want to help as many people as possible. But there is a second reason. The second reason is I am here to sell you something, but today is not a pitch day. I figure that if I spend an hour or two teaching you as much as I can and showing you the secret source behind the scenes for free, then you might be interested in learning what it would you, you would get if you paid me 25K, right? Those two guys you saw, they both paid me 25 grand. And whether you do it or not is irrelevant. I just want it in your head. Maybe in the future, you'll do it. Maybe you'll know someone, right? It's worth it for me. So I would like your permission, if it's okay with you, to at the end of this seminar, to ask you if you'd be interested in hiring me or my team to help you, okay? To see if it's worth spending 25 grand or whatever it is on us. Is that okay? Is that something you, you guys are going to be okay with me doing? I teach, and then at the very end, I'm going to do a tiny little pitch. And I'll be like, hey, this is what you'd get. Just listen to the offer. Don't disappear. Take the time to actually listen to what I have to say. Throughout the training, I'm going to give you an opportunity to answer, ask questions. There's a Q&A section. You can click there and ask questions. 
after the little pitch, I'm going to do a Q&A and I'll answer every single question you guys ask. Okay, is that fair? So you watch my little pitch, I'll answer all your questions. And if it makes sense and you can afford it, then I'd like you to consider working with me and my team and letting us help you grow your business and help you develop profits. If you guys are cool with that, give me permission. Thank you so much. I'm getting a lot of, yep, that's absolutely fine. Thanks guys so much. Nice. And McLean says he can tell that we know exactly what we're doing. Good. That's what I'm after. All right, gang, let's keep going. Okay. There are excuses to why people don't get results, right? Whenever I try and help somebody, and before we get into the 10 characteristics, I'm going to show you that. These are the main five excuses, okay? I can't afford it. Like, I can't afford to start a business. I can't afford to pay for coaching. I can't afford to buy the email software I need. I can't afford it. The other one, time. I'm too busy. I'm so busy with work. I'm so busy with my kids. I'm so busy with all these things. I just can't do it. Ability. I can't do it. I'm not able to. Other people are smarter than me. Other people are cleverer than me. Confusion. I don't know what to do. No one's told me. I, I don't know how to do it. I've never done it before. Or fear. What if it doesn't work? What if I try it and it fails? Take a minute. Take a real minute and look at that list. Be honest with yourself. Which one of those is stopping you right now? This is going to hurt because you're going to have to have a very real discussion with yourself because I'm not letting you blame someone else, right? You can't blame. You can't be like, oh, you know, my mom hold me back or like my partner holds me back. Which one of these five or which ones are holding you back right now? Take a minute, write them down in the chat. Let me know because I guarantee you these are the common excuses I hear. I see somebody with a business and it's struggling. I'm like, dude, just buy this piece of software or solve your problem. Like, I can't afford it, right? Which one is you? What, what is affecting you? Let me know. I'm seeing this. Some guys are saying money and fear, time, fear is coming up again. Fear is coming up quite a lot, actually. Uh, one, three, and four, so that's money, ability, and uh, confusion. Awesome. I don't know what to do. Great. Guys, this here is some of the deepest work you can do. You've got to recognize all of you are posting here, all of you are seeing this. These five things are stopping you. And believe it or not, those five things do not enter my world. I don't get stopped by the inability to afford it. Even when I was a janitor, it didn't stop me. I don't get caught up in time, even though I have five kids, even though I have a, a girlfriend I dedicate all my energy to, even though I run multiple businesses, even though I spend time playing games with my friends. I saw the Mortal Kombat movie last night. If you haven't seen it, by the way, I really like it. Um, it doesn't stop me. I can't do it. Guys, I have ADD. Guys, uh, I, I've spent the last six months in complete chronic pain because of my shoulder being severed. I still did it during that time. I never stopped. I am capable of doing it because I know how to get around things. I'm going to share all this with you, by the way, guys, everything. Not knowing what to do. I bypass that time and time again. I've got many ways to do it. I'm going to share with you that. And then the what if it doesn't work? Well, I'm always worried about like, well, what happens if I don't try? That's so much worse for me. So let's look at each of these excuses. Number one, people that say, I can't afford it. Well, can you afford to keep doing the same thing you're doing today? Can you afford to live the life you want on the amount of money you're currently making? Really let that sink in. Can you afford to live the life you want on the money you're currently making? Would it be worth to you? If number one is your problem, let me know in the chat. Would it be worth it to you to take a gamble on yourself and put some money in, spend less going out, spend less on a video game, spend less elsewhere, or maybe get a second job so that you've got extra money and use that money to invest in yourself to change your life. 
Because I'm telling you now, when I was a janitor, I didn't make enough money to change my life. So I had to get a second job. It was the second job that gave me the cash that enabled me to start growing, right? And yeah, I was working a lot, but that second job gave me the money to be able to do it. But the real thing is, could I afford to live on a janitor's salary for the rest of my life? And the answer is no, I could not. Any one major problem kicking in in my life and I wouldn't have been able to afford to live. You guys get it? You can't afford to be poor. No one can. I know this because I grew up poor. You, you can't. You're going to have to find a way around that problem. And the good news is you usually only have to find a way around it for a couple of years. After a couple of years of making some extra income, you can then get that money working for you. And then you can stop doing it and reduce your hours down again. Okay. Does that make sense to everyone that had a money problem? Does that help you? Do, do you get the idea here? The idea is you can't afford it because you're allowing yourself to not have enough money. Instead, find a way around it and fix it. Yeah. Number two, time. So a lot of people say they're too busy, but the reality is you're too busy doing the things that won't build you the life you actually want. You're not busy doing things you need to do. You're busy doing things you don't actually care about, right? I see so many people like, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. I'm like, what did you do? That like, I sat watching Netflix all weekend. I'm like, you're not busy then. They're like, well, I like Netflix. It's like, yeah, but is that really what you want to do? Or did you want to travel to Paris for the weekend? Right? Which is, which is the thing? Because most people that say they're busy, they only work a 40-hour week and they spend the rest of their time killing time with friends, playing video games, watching movies. I'm not saying don't do those things. I do those things, but they're limited. I play games on a Tuesday and on a Friday. I do date night on a Monday, a Thursday, and a Saturday. I do my kids' nights the other nights of the week. It's all mapped out. It's all organized. I've got time where I do my work, yeah? By having that schedule, I don't just sit and waste time. I don't just come in in the evening and put Netflix on out of habit. I come in in the evening, get some work done, and then in the, the back end of the evening for a couple of hours, I'll watch some TV, right? So, but it's controlled. My playtime, my free time is controlled. You're too busy doing things you feel like you should be doing that you don't actually want to be doing. Does that make sense? Now, the good news is not many of you said time is a problem, so that's great. Number three, ability. Of course, you don't know what to do. You've never done it. You need someone to show you what to do, someone who has done it. The only reason I know how to build businesses is I stand on the shoulders of giants. I find people that know what they're doing and I learn from them and I pay them money, guys. Right now, I'm paying three different mentors to help me, three different guys, and they're, they're not cheap. It's a few thousand dollars a month each. It's expensive. Even for me, that hurts, but I'm paying it because I want to learn and I want to grow, okay? If you want to learn and you want to grow, you got to spend the money. No, no two ways about it, okay? Find someone who's an expert and have them help you. After you spend time listening to an expert, it's only a matter of time before you start getting the expert results. Get it? You don't have to do it yourself. You don't have to learn it yourself. Just copy somebody who knows what they're doing. Like I'm going to do today. I got you. Today, I got you. I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff. Confusion. I don't know what I can do. I don't know what to do until someone tells me. So just ask someone. Whenever I don't know what to do, I don't sit there and go, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just go to somebody who's an expert and ask them. I spoke to somebody yesterday who does uh, short-term investments, which I'm really interested in. I don't know anything about it. So I said to him, how much do I have to pay you to learn? That was the very first thing I said, not, can you teach me for free, buddy? It was, how much do I have to pay you to teach me this? And he was like, oh, you know what? Pay me this much money and I got you. I was like, cool, done. Paid him the money and he's got me. I don't have to try and become his friend and pretend to be friendly for a while and just ask him, how much? It wasn't even a lot of money. It was a couple of hundred bucks. And he's like, I'll teach you how to do it. Great. I'll pay you the couple of hundred bucks. Let me learn, right? And then lastly, fear. Well, what if it doesn't work, but you keep trying and then you learn from your mistakes and then you slowly improve? 
What's the outcome going to be? Compared to I'm scared, so I won't try. Which is better? Do you want to be scared so you don't try? Or be scared so you try, you fail, learn from the mistake and improve bit by bit? Which one is better? You tell me. Tell me which one's better. So I'm telling you now, the difference between those that succeed and those that fail is these two slides. The previous slide, they're all reasons why people won't try. Yeah? If you don't try, you 100% fail, right? What is it? You fail 100% of the shots that you don't take. But if you try and you only hit 1%, you only need to become rich once, right? You don't need to become rich multiple times. You just got to become rich once. It's done. It doesn't matter if you fail 80 times. As long as try 81, you became rich. Got it? You got one life. Is this the life you're going to be successful? Or is this the one that you're just going to wait until the end and then you're going to die never knowing what success is? Which, which one are you? Ask yourself. Okay, I love this. Someone's made a comment. It depends how many ex-wives one has. Guys, I've got ex-wives. It did not make me go broke. There's something called a prenup. Everyone that gets married, consider it. Just, just for the record. Okay, a couple of issues you may have when it comes to business. Do I have to sell? Yes, you absolutely have to sell, but you don't have to be slimy. I'm selling today, but I'm starting by giving so much value. It's going to be worth listening to my two-minute ad at the very end of the video. Okay, um, you're going to watch less today from me than if you watched a few hours of free YouTube. And the advice I give you comes from an expert with multiple awards who knows what they're doing as opposed to some young kid on YouTube that, you know, got lucky, right? Big difference. Um, next, will it apply to what I'm doing, right? Will my advice today help you in your business? I'm essentially going to show you the characteristics that make a successful business. So it's kind of like a universally needed thing. And I can't think of a single business that wouldn't benefit from some of these. Okay. So I'm like 99% sure everything I share with you today will be relevant to your business. Cool. Sound good guys? Right. Unless you have an ad block. Yeah. Unless you have an ad block, but then you still got to go through and listen to them and do their sponsor shit and all that other crap. Right. And they're not going to be as concentrated in advice, I think, is what I'm about to share. Okay, here we go. Let's get into it. These are the 10 characteristics of a successful business. The first, spontaneous. How fast does your company switch to a new trend? Elon Musk is constantly moving his business. I have some friends that used to work for SpaceX, and they were frustrated at how often he shifts and changes direction. But it is the key to a successful business. It's something that we do a lot, and I'm going to show you how to make sure you ride those trends, okay? Next, humor. How fun is your work environment for your staff and you? If you don't have a fun working environment, no one's going to want to come there. They're going to drag their feet. They're not going to work fast. You want to create a fun and humorous work environment, okay? So that's another key factor. Three, as a leader, how high would your staff rate your leadership skills? I want to share with you one of the best compliments I've ever been given. It's actually by the guy behind the camera. Connor, I don't know if you know this. You gave me one of my best compliments. Um, Connor's been with us for a few years and he's seen staff come and go. And he said to me once, he goes, Adam, I always bet on you. He's like, I hear what the staff say are going to happen when they quit. The staff quit. They end up not having a job, not making money. And we keep growing and getting bigger and better. He's like, so I'm gambling on you. But likewise, Connor, I'm gambling on you. You're a great guy. I got your back. You got my back. That's what happens. Connor recognizes me, I hope, as a good leader because I care about my team. And the only people that don't fit in my team are people that drag the team down. They're the ones that aren't pulling their weight. They're not working hard. And they're not just holding me back. They're holding my team back too. If I have one big critique of myself, I don't get rid of them quick enough. And that's how I would analyze my own leadership skills. It's something I've worked on recently, and now I'm actually quick to fire, slow to hire, which is a much better way to go about it. But the point is, my team, the ones that are here and are solid and working with us, I think they would all consider me a good leader, and 
I focus on that. I want to be a good leader for them. Next, experienced. How knowledgeable are you about the next steps in your industry? I don't just mean your business, I mean your industry. What's happening next? What's going to happen in six months to your industry? Five years, do you know? Because you got to know. You got to be knowledgeable about your industry. Next, provider. How much actual profit do you make? You know how many people I know that run a business and that business does seven figures a year? That means they do a million dollars a year or more. But I guarantee you, if I said to them, would you quit your job tomorrow if I gave you a salary job of 150K a year? A lot of them would say yes. In fact, that literally just happened. I saw one of my friends who runs his own business. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got a ton of followers. He teaches people business advice. He just got offered a job as a C-level executive in a company for 160K a year. And he accepted it. So he shut down his business or he's doing it as like a part-time thing now. And he's going to work a full-time salary job. So he's doing seven, seven figures a year, according to him, over a million dollars a year, but he quit his business to run a company that may, or to, to be a, a staff member for 160K a year. That is somebody who is not actually making a lot of profit. Big business, small profit. Next, thoughtful. How much do you show care for your staff and your customers? Do you truly care about them? If you don't, that's going to cause you problems. I genuinely care about my staff and customers. And I'm going to show you how we do that with systems, right? It's not just a feeling. There are actual systems we can put in place to do this. Groomed. How well do you present your company, the website, the office, in emails? You guys can look at this. Like, look at this. It's a pretty nice room, right? It's pretty fancy. We groom the room. And wherever we can, we try and groom as much of the business. Now, if I was going to critique my business, I would say grooming is one of the things that we aren't 100% on top of. So, But I'm going to show you the systems that we use to groom things. Our companies are pretty big, and so it takes a while to groom them. But we do have a system of grooming, and we make sure that we get through everything and tidy it up at all times. The difference is we focus on the stuff that makes us the money first. The things that make us the most money are the most groomed. But we do put time and energy into revisiting it and making sure they look groomed as often as possible to you. Next, physique. What is the physical structure of your company? How often do you create or update standard operating procedures? This is key. How often do you communicate with the rest of the team to make sure everyone um, knows exactly what the structure of the company is supposed to be? Sexy. How prestigious or sexy is it to use your company versus the competition? Do you have, comp do you have people come up to me like, I really want to work for your company? Because the best companies in the world have new staff begging to work in the company, right? Please let me work for you. What do I have to do to work for you? Are you a sexy company or are you kind of a boring company? Because a sexy company is going to attract better talent. And then lastly, social. How do you serve your social media? How do you serve your audiences and your related communities at large? These 10 things are often more directly related to the success of your company than sales or marketing because they directly lead to people wanting to use your company, right? These 10 little things will make people want to be near you. It's like a magnet, right? They'll come after you and they'll want you to succeed. They are 100% a factor that affects the success of my company. And I guarantee you until today, you did not think about this. If you're a business owner, tell me the truth. Had you sat down and thought, you know what? These 10 things I really need to focus on. Because in my company, yes, we do staff and marketing. And yes, you know, we do sales and all that stuff. But we focus on these 10 things. We make sure that we're doing these 10 things all the time. So you let me know. In fact, we're going to do an exercise. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to get a piece of pen and paper and write out 10 numbers. You don't have to write out the words. You can if you want. So spontaneous, humor, leader, experience, thoughtful is 10. And then next to them, just write yes, no, or needs work for each of the following characteristics. Okay? Yes, no, or it needs work. And I'd like you to score your company out of this. You're going to get one point for a yes. You're going to get a half point for needs work. And you're going to get no points for a no.
And I want to see out of 10, how do you rate your, your company across this scale? Okay. And I think that's going to be a really good way of seeing why your company may not be growing, may not be succeeding. Now, if you do not have a business right now, if you're thinking about starting one, that's okay. Ask yourself, which of these characteristics may you gen, like, for example, you may not have a business, but you could be a good leader, right? People could really enjoy uh, listening to you and following you. So you can give yourself a point on leader. And this will actually give you an idea of how good you are at running a business, right? So like, um, maybe, uh, you know, you're, a, you're, you're somebody that um, is really good at socializing. You're really good at organizing events and being there with people. So you can give yourself a point for being social, even though you don't have a, com- uh, even though you don't have a company. And if you're scoring four or five points, even without a company, you should probably build one because it means you've already got some of the skill sets necessary. Groomed, that skill set is going to be somebody who's diligent and double checks their work. Do you double check your work when you write an email in the company you currently work for? If so, you could probably give yourself a point for groomed. Make sense? So even if you don't have a company, you can do this exercise. So I'd love you to start scoring yourself, okay? And then let me know in the chat, let me know where you guys are because I'd love to see. Okay, Edward's a zero. That's okay, Edward, no problem. I'm going to tell you how to get up there, guys. I'm going to give you, I'm going to teach you how to do all these 10, okay? Jeremiah, I'm wondering, oh, Jyoti. Nice, Jyoti's a five, that's great. Jeremiah's an eight, brilliant. I'm not surprised, this is curious. Brandon's a five, that's fine. CapTech, five. Carsten's a seven. This is great, guys. So for all of you guys that like five and above, you already have a lot of these qualities, but you're going to be blown away. When you have all 10, the company just starts to grow because you've got people naturally coming up to you, right? Naturally chasing you. So this is good stuff. Yeah, I can see John saying they seem familiar from another webinar. They absolutely are because I found that these 10 characteristics, for anyone who's watching, um, it's very similar to our dating webinar because we found these 10 characteristics are naturally what draw humans in. So it doesn't matter whether it's for dating or for business, if you're spontaneous, funny, a good leader, experienced, thoughtful, well-groomed, have a great physique, and you're, you're kind of sexy, and you're social, and you're a provider, people are drawn to you. Whether it's for business, or dating, or customers, or friends, or networking, it doesn't matter. And so what we've been doing is we've been showing people, if you can really think about these characteristics that naturally draw people in, you're going to have people wanting to be around you. And it's stuff that I've been developing for years for myself, and I'm just now starting to share it with others. So that's why there's a similarity here. Awesome. All right, guys, this looks good. So uh, is everyone good with me to keep going? I'm going to start breaking these things down for you. We all cool on that. Nice. Some of you guys, are, some of you guys are ranking pretty high. I think even some of you that think you're a seven or higher may be blown away when I start sharing how to get there. Okay. Spontaneous. The problem is your business model is dated. If you're using a business model that is over a year old, I promise you that's one of the problems you have. Since COVID, business models have changed. If you didn't change once that happens, you have a problem. Um, You're not responding to trends in the media and your audience is crickets, right? No one's communicating. The solution, now this is the thing that I won my Wicked Smart Award for. Uh, You guys are in it right now. We do a monthly live training where we share valuable content every month completely for free. That means every month we actually have current content. It's brand new. So for our audience, we're continually giving them free stuff that is current and relevant. That's very important. But we then repurpose that content for social media. So we won't share the whole thing on social media, but we'll take our gold nuggets. In fact, you guys are helping us find them by writing gold nugget. We'll take the gold nugget and we'll put it on the internet. So we know of everything we shared, that was a good golden nugget. That becomes our social media content. And we use that social media content 
to promote the next live training. So every month, four weeks from now, we'll do another business seminar. Four weeks from now, we'll do another business seminar. And during this month, we'll be giving out the gold nuggets as tiny little videos. Maybe we'll transcribe them, turn them into written text, and those will be used to promote the next business seminar. Got it? And so this continues to churn. Our seminars get bigger and bigger and bigger every single month. Our content is fresh and new and reliable. And we're asking you what you need help with. So we know that what we're giving is current. So we absolutely have people that just tune in and watch these free videos every single month. And that's absolutely okay. We know we're helping them. But once you start using them and getting results, it's only a matter of time before you contact us and say, hey, I want results faster and bigger. And that's where we get our paid clients from. Got it? So that's the, that's the model. It's because we're spontaneous and we shift and move constantly. That's a key factor. Our competitors can't keep up with us because they'll create one video and then sit on it for a year. And they're like, wow, it's not really working anymore. It's outdated and have to start again. We don't have to. Every month, we're just continually evolving and adapting. The result is you're going to get constant new content and packed social media and you're growing a live seminar. Now, what's great about this is even if you don't have a business, you could do this today. You could pick one subject and just choose to do a live seminar every month. And sure, the first time only a nan's gonna watch it, right? But if the advice is good and you share it and you create the social media content and you follow a social media strategy, we have a whole bunch in the smart blueprint, um, you're going to see that growing, get bigger and bigger. It'll go from your nan to like 10 people, right? And then 20 and then 100 and then 1,000. You guys get it? That's how it grows. So our business seminar sits between 100 and 200 people. Our dating seminar sits between 400 and 700. So they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over time. And all the social media content is filmed in a single day, which is today. So it's a simple system, a simple strategy that keeps you spontaneous, doesn't have you working too hard, and gives you everything you need and keeps it fresh. Got it? Everyone good, guys? Fabulous. Uh, yeah, I'm a very lean process fan, guys. Uh, I see Steven saying that. I keep everything as lean as possible in my company. I don't want to waste energy, right? Because I want to spend time with my kids and my family. So I make sure I duplicate everything in the best way I can get the most use out of it. But I'm not afraid to put the work in once a month and keep things fresh. Yeah, that's key. A lot of people get too lazy. They go so lean, there's no meat on it. Got it? Cool. And then we've got some gold nuggets here. Everyone good for me to move on to the next point? Again, I'm going to remind you there's a Q&A. You can put your questions there and I'll answer them at the end. That's point one. Next one, humor. Okay, there are some companies that are just stressful to work in. I'm sure you've worked in one of these companies before and the idea of going to work creates anxiety. But I see that even with business owners today who only work with themselves. Their work environment sucks. It's not fun, they don't like doing it and they get very stressed out. So there's two ways to handle this. The first is have fun team building events. So we do this a lot. Like next week, I've got my team flying in from all over the world and we're going shooting. We're going to get some guns. We're going to go out and we're going to shoot because we have a range on the back of our land. doesn't cost a lot of money to do it. I've got a buddy of mine who's a gun instructor. He's going to come down and make sure we're doing everything safely. But what a great way to spend some time with our friends and uh, you know our work colleagues, right? And that fun team building event is what's going to make it so much better for us to work together over the next quarter. We do these once every three months, so it doesn't take a lot of time away from work, but we all look forward to them. We eat good food, we hang out, we do a fun activity, and we get to bond, right? So that's a key key component. Um, and even if it's just you, you should do this. I know it sounds crazy, but what I would do is I'd find a couple of other business owners who are all just solopreneurs, right? And then you guys do a team building activity together. 
What's great about that is it reminds you that work's kind of fun, right? Even though you work on your own, these people you can text and communicate with. I remember when I first started my business, I had three or four friends and we had a Skype chat going and we talked to each other about business stuff while working on our own businesses. And it just gives you that community kind of office vibe even though you're on your own. So even if you're a solopreneur, it's just you, really consider having that little group chat. For some of you guys that are in my private training, by the way, Alex B looking at you and there's some other people there, feel free to use the group chats that we have as a way of communicating and talking to people, right? To get that camaraderie so you're not there on your own. And next, you're gonna work in something called time blocks. Time blocks are one of the biggest things that I discovered. Um, they were historically called Pomodoros, but I prefer the phrase time block because it, it, it inherently, I understand what that is. Pomodoro is a reference to a tomato, which is uh, weird, weird as far as I'm concerned. A time block is very simple. The average human's got about 25 minutes of focus. That doesn't mean you can't focus longer, you can, but if you just work in a 25 minute block and then you take a five minute break. So a full time block is 30 minutes, 25 minutes of work and a five minute break. I've found that working that way actually is a lot easier because the five minute break you take really makes you want to get back into the work. And we've seen this. I've had, uh, I've had stuff, actually Eve's done this, where she didn't take the five-minute breaks. And after about four hours, she was so burnt out. She didn't want to work for a day. She like, needed a day off. Whereas when I work 25 minutes on, five minutes off, 25 minutes on, five minutes off, I can actually work like that. Uh, like two days ago, I did a 14-hour day. And at the end of the day, I felt fine. I had full energy and I went off and did a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay, So the 25 on, five off really helps. And during the five off, Again, I'll look at memes or I'll find some funny YouTube videos or listen to some silly songs. I do stuff to make myself laugh. So I'm like giggling and laughing and then my alarm goes off. Okay, it's the end of the time block, back to work. And then I'm, I'm grinding and that happiness that I felt in that five minutes of messing around makes me want to do my work again. What you don't want to do in those five minutes is play a video game or, or like get caught up in a conversation because that will eat the second time block. You really want to just look at a couple of memes, see something funny, read some jokes. Something's going to keep that humor level up, a little bit of stand-up comedy. And then once you've heard the end of the joke, okay, that's it. I'm done. Back to work. And you're going to find that laughter and humor does wonders for your own motivation. Uh, and likewise, if you have a team, getting your team to work in the same way will do the same thing. They're going to be very happy. They're going to be relaxed. It's going to be a good work environment. In our office, when we used to work in the same office pre-COVID, we would actually set an alarm, 25 minutes of work. And then five minutes, everyone would sit and laugh and joke together, back to work 25 minutes on. And they were very uh, productive, but also fun days. Um, and the result is a happy work environment. I actually worked like this yesterday. Uh, there's a, a new company that I'm acquiring. I actually got 33% of the company to write a whole bunch of material. And they thought it was weird that I would only write for 25 minutes and then take a five minute break, write for 25 minutes, take a five minute break. And they're like, hey, are you going to keep writing? You're just kind of like sitting there looking at YouTube videos. I was like, I will in five minutes. And, but staying to the time block is what motivated me to keep working. Got it? So it's a great way of working. Number three, being a leader. Okay, so if you've got a problem where no one wants to listen to you, right? You feel like, oh, no one ever hears me. Everyone talks over me. No one's listening to what I'm saying. Or if you find that your staff members aren't thinking for themselves, like, why are you so stupid? Why don't you think for yourself? Um, or if you have customers that don't want to talk to you and they don't stick around, you're struggling in the leadership department. It means your leadership skills need more work. Now, there are two types of leaders in the world. There's territorial leaders. They shout at people and tell them what to do, make them feel bad. And then there's social leaders. Social leaders are the better ones. Social leaders listen to everybody and then take a course of action. Now, an easy way to become a social leader if you are not one is to, rather than trying to make all the decisions yourself, get a team of outside advisors to come in and help you. 
With a team that you bring in from outside, you can get them to present the idea, not just to you, but to your entire team. And now they're going to break down, here's the goal that we're going to try and achieve together, right? You're not the bad guy. You, this team you brought in is. And now they're going to define what all of the company roles are, what everyone's got to do. As long as the advisors you've brought in are good at what they do, your team should be brought in because they can clearly see how this benefits them. If they like it, as those advisors say, this is what we need everyone to do, you can assign out the roles to everybody. And now your team are working with you because they understand the goal, as opposed to you learning from the advisors and then telling everyone what to do. So that is a very good way to make sure you're being a good leader. It's just to listen to people. You don't have to do what they say. People get this confused, right? They're like, I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to hear what they have to say. But your employees want to have an opinion. They want to share their idea. And you as an owner, if you're doing social leadership, you've got to give them the time of day. Don't, don't be on your phone and be like, what? Oh, yeah, great idea, great idea. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. And then don't do it. You've got to actually listen to the idea. Maybe it is good. I often find when I go into a company to help them, the very first thing I do is go to the lowest level workers and say to them, if you could make one change here, what would it be? And I'll do that with every staff member in the company. I then turn up with a report to the owner of the company of 40 big changes. And the owner always goes, wow, they're so insightful. How did you know so much? I've just asked their employees. The one thing the business owner would never do. Got it? So it's really worth doing, making sure as a business owner, you ask the little people what you think they should do. Next. It's really hard to lead if you don't have a company mission. Like, what is your company's mission? Is it to make money? Because that's kind of a crap company mission. You know what I mean? Like, really, a company mission should be to change the world, right? To do something different. So I can tell you right now, my company's mission is to help more people have successful businesses. Not just a business, but a successful business. By giving them a smart blueprint they can follow to grow a business. That's it. I want to give you a simple step-by-step -step cookie cutter. If you do this, your business will work business. That's it. That's my company's mission. And I want everyone in my company to know that's what we're trying to do here. We want everyone to be able to have a successful business. Once you have a company mission, do your staff know it? And do your customers know it? Because being a good leader is about showing people the route of where we're going to go. In the same way that when I'm working on my team, I bring the advisors in and say, hey, here's how we're going to grow the business. Likewise, in your company, there should be a clear mission. Our mission is just to help people have a structurally good business. I like to think of it that there are three ways to help someone. There's do it yourself, do it with you, do it for you. Our company, very, very simply, does do it yourself for free. We'll give you information for free for you to go and do it. You can pay us and we'll do it with you. That's where you get coaching and feedback and you can communicate with us and ask questions. That we pay for. And then done for you, we don't offer. We don't do it for you. We will only do it, uh, help you do it yourself for free or you can do it with us and you can pay us. But by knowing these three business models and what we do, the company journey is very simple. If you want to know what to do, we'll just tell you. It doesn't cost anything. If you want to know what to do, but you want to communicate with us and ask questions and get feedback, that you have to pay for right? So by knowing the company's mission, and we're making sure the customers know that, like by talking to them, I'm being a good leader because I'm showing them where we're leading to and what we're trying to achieve. And no one gets confused, right? The result is you're going to have a team that will pull in the same direction. They all know where they're going and they know what they want and what you want or customers that do exactly the same thing. Got it? Jose says, I wish the company's top leaders asked small staff their opinions. My boss was micromanaging every inch of every move I made. It made it impossible to do everything. Yep, it's no good. Asking employees for improvements, Jeremiah. Yeah, it's gold. Absolute gold, dude. It's great. It's a great way to grow. 
Yeah, territorial leaders are the worst. There's like stomping around. You should do this. You should do that. Why are you doing this? It's the worst. The absolute worst. No one wants to be there. Nice. Rick's downloading a Pomodoro timer. Great. Ah, good stuff, guys. Um, are you guys enjoying it? Let me just check in with you. We're three points in now, I think. So I just want to make sure everyone's good. All right. The next point, guys, is experienced. The problem is you do not know what your competitors are doing. A lot of people are scared of looking at their competitors' companies, right? They don't want to see what they're doing. And you don't know the future disruptions coming to your company. If you've, if you've ever been blindsided, like when COVID happened, there was always a chance there would be some kind of global lockdown. Actually, I predicted a global lockdown a few years ago, uh, either from a pandemic or riots. I just knew it was something the government was moving towards because we were seeing things like that start to happen. Um, if you're studying growth, if you're not ready for artificial intelligence and the impact that's going to have, then you're in trouble, right? So one of the things you should do is start by analyzing your competitors at least once a month. You want to spend once a month, a couple of hours, just sit down and look at what they're doing. What's their social media like? What are they posting? What's their top posts? What's their opt-in like? What's their website like? Go and have a look and see what they're doing. Not so you can copy it, but just so you know what's, what you're up against, right? Next, network with your competitors. This is something I'm big on. I am friends with all of my competitors. I'm always talking to them and chatting with them. By meeting and mingling with my competitors, not only are we sharing advice freely and comfortably, but I know the moves they're making in advance and I can react to them. I never get blindsided by anything. And lastly, I'm always studying new areas. I'm always studying new things. Me and Eve did a seminar uh, in Vegas a couple of weeks ago where we learned a lot of new stuff about business. And we did a real estate seminar just a couple of days ago, a private one-on-one. We're learning more about Instagram and we're continually trying to find new areas to learn. And you should be doing exactly the same thing. The result from doing this is you're going to get consistent growth across the board. You're not going to be blindsided by your competitors, right? You're going to know what's going on. And you're actually going to get opportunities from the competitors' failures. Let me explain what I mean. If one of your competitors is starting to struggle and their business is collapsing, you can actually partner with them. I've done this a few times in the last few years to help fix them, but now you own a part of their business, right? Because if you're growing and they're failing, they can be like, oh, what are you doing? How are you doing this? You can be like, what, do you want to bring me on as a small partner and I'll help you grow? And that's a great phrase, guys. There are people that pay me a lot of money to learn that phrase, right? If they're struggling, hey, what can I do? How, like, how do I fix this? Don't just help them. They're going to come to you because you're friends, but be like, listen, I can help, but you're a competitor. So I'd rather help you as a partner. Would you be open to bringing me on board as a small partner, 20%, 30%, and I'll help you. I'll give you the systems we're using to grow. Now, if you've got five competitors and they will struggle and you end up owning 20% of each of them, now, as they grow, so do you, right? That's a great thing to do. And by the way, that's what Facebook's constantly doing. Google's constantly doing this. They're buying out their competitors or even just a percentage of them just so they can share technology and grow. So this technique is used at the billion-dollar level, but it can work at a much smaller level as well. So for example, I'm going to pick on Alex B. Alex B has a, a YouTube channel that does marble racing cool as by the way if you guys interested in uh, in marble racing uh, alex you can put your link in the chat if you want man just to, to let everyone see I'll, I'll give you permission for that just to plug it don't everyone do that i don't want this to become an ad thing but but alex b's uh, marble racing is amazing um and so but alex you should be friends with all the other marble racing youtube channels all the other marble racing companies so the minute you hear of one of them struggling you can step in take a percentage of their company and help them grow right that's a great thing to do so uh, that's uh, experienced, really, really key. There you go. That's Alex V's, uh, the Alex B's marble racing channel. If any of you guys want to see marble racing, uh, this guy makes money racing marbles. Mind-blowing. All right, next up, thoughtful. Okay, 
thoughtful, you're gonna see a high turnover of staff. If you find it difficult to keep staff members or you constantly get customer complaints and refunds, we are blessed. We get on average less than one refund a year. Less than one. That means not every year will be a refund year, right? That's crazy. But it's because we truly care about our customers, like truly do. And the way that we do it, I'm going to share with you. It happened this morning. I got a new staff member just joined in my company. And I said to him this morning, I'm going to Starbucks. Do you want anything? It is the very first time I've bought him Starbucks. I have definitely had Starbucks orders going on around him before, but it's the first time I've done it. I asked him what he ordered. I then wrote down his name in my phone with his Starbucks order. I will never need to ask him his Starbucks order again. Now, that's the kind of thing a low-level employee should be doing, right? You have a high-level employee, what's your Starbucks order? You write it down, save it. That way, every time you go to Starbucks, you don't have to ask them. But I do it even with employees that are below me because in the hierarchical structure, because I don't believe anyone's below me. I believe we're all equal and we're all humans. So I make notes of all my staff and their favorite Starbucks orders. So I don't have to ask them. I can just surprise them with Starbucks whenever I want right? Very simple thing. I'm thoughtful. But I don't just take notes on things like that. I take notes on all sorts of stuff. So whatever it is that they're doing in life, I take a note on it and see if there's a way that I can help them. Got it? So like I keep notes on like Eve's favorite things that she wants. Um, and I make a point to make sure that I understand and relate to them in the way that they need. So a good example is Eve's very much into gardening. Our company wanted to reward her for that. Uh, for all of her great work. Eva successfully hit financial targets for seven years in a row, guys. Can you imagine hitting all your financial targets for seven years? Eve's done that nonstop. So we rewarded her as a company, not as a boyfriend, but as a company by buying her anything she wanted for her Zen garden. If you guys haven't seen Eve's Zen garden, it's well worth it. She's got beautiful pictures of it. She wanted a meditative garden space and our company paid for it as a gift. And that was actually a suggestion that was made, not by me, but by one of my mentors. My mentor said, who's, who's the one person in your company that like, you know, if you lost them, you'd be devastated. And I was like, Eve. I would be devastated if I lost her. And he's like, why? I was like, because she does everything perfectly. She's hit financial targets seven years in a row. And he said, well, when did your company last reward her for that? I was like, well, she had paid. And he goes, that's not the point. When was there like a bonus reward? Like somebody she wasn't expecting. And so we said to her, look, we'd like to buy you a garden. As a company, I said, it's not me as your boyfriend. It's me as, as the company. And so you got to make sure that you know what do all your staff members care about, but not just staff members, customers, you know, Customers shouldn't be like a number. Like I've got a company that I'm working with right now and they get like millions of sales a year, but they never talk about the individual customers. They're always talking about numbers. Like we have a 30% conversion rate and 22% by this, but they don't know their names. They don't know anything about these people. So when they're trying to sell anything else to them, they struggle because they don't know anything about them. If you look in our company, you're probably frustrated how often we send you surveys or ask you to reply to emails. That's because we want to talk to you. We want to know who you are. We have Detailed notes on everybody we talk to. Like we write stuff down and we learn about you, right? Like Alex B, like, you know, I didn't reference a piece of paper. I know Alex B has a marble racing business, right? I know that Valentin is a painter. I know my students. I know what they do. I know that Zach is an amazing uh, veteran who now helps people with mindset shifts, right? I know you guys personally and I care. And it doesn't matter that you guys aren't in my highest level training. You know, you're not paying me, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It doesn't matter. I care about my students. I care about my customers. I care about my staff. And you also need to know not just how to relate to them, like with what they care about, but also their love language. Now, I'm not going to teach love languages because it's somebody else's proprietary information. Just know there's something called the five love languages. And it doesn't just have to be applied for relationships. It can also be applied to friendships and work colleagues. And so it's worth getting the book on the five love languages, learning it and using that to communicate with people. So if you know that you've got a staff member that really likes acts of service, it's nice to do something nice for them that they would appreciate. 
Or if you've got a staff member that likes gifts, buy them a gift every so often. Little things like that make a big difference. Um, I mentioned earlier, I'm taking my team out to go and shoot guns. The reason is the highest level members of my team are all gun shooters. They're all Republicans. And uh, you know, it makes sense because they're all like in the, in the money element. So they're, they're all about like making money in sales and stuff. And so, you know, they're a lot more into that than I am, but it doesn't matter when I'm going to give them a reward. That's what I'm going to go and do. I could see that some of my other staff members might be more interested in going to a soup kitchen and helping out. And if that's what they want to do, then that's what we'd go and do. Right. But we pick and choose based on the staff members we're interacting with, what would be the right way to reward them. And the result is you're going to get happy staff that stay with you. You're going to get very low complaints from customers and low refunds because you genuinely care. I can't tell you how many times I've had a student that I'm working with and they're, they're going through a tough patch and I can tell. And so I'll reach out and talk to them over the phone. Uh, there's one particular student I can think of right now. Again, I'm, I don't want to name and shame, but like he's not even a paying student anymore. But I noticed on Facebook, he said he's going through a rough patch. So I reached out. I was like, is everything okay? I haven't spoken to you in a while. And he's like, wow, I can't believe you messaged me. I was like, I can't believe you're going through a rough patch and didn't tell me what's going on. Let me help. And I sat and spoke to him for like 10 minutes. It wasn't a lot for me, but apparently it made a big deal for him. I just wanted to make sure that he was okay. Right? I care about my customers because if I don't care, then why would you care about me? It doesn't work that way. So I have to care because I want to care. And that's what I motivate. Remember my mission? My mission isn't make money. My mission is to help you make money. That's my mission. If you make money, then sure, the side effect is I'll make money. But the focus is on helping you. Got it? Okay, next up, groomed. Okay. Groomed. The problem is you have outdated websites, old, ugly websites, or you have bad imagery that doesn't look good and broken links. I spoke to one of my staff members today. He was working on this graphic image. He spent a couple of hours working on it. And he goes, look at that. Isn't it amazing? And I was like, you know what, dude? Don't show Eve. I was like, because Eve's not going to approve it. I was like, I can tell that you're happy with it. And I think for the purposes it needs to be, it will be fine. I was like, but in future, I'd rather if you use our graphic design department rather than trying to design stuff yourself. He goes, is that your way of telling me it's shit? I was like, that's my way of telling you it wouldn't get approval. But for this one time, I know you're trying to move fast. I'm going to allow it. But in the future, please make sure you use our graphic design department because we don't want to put stuff out that looks not very good. He's not a professional graphic designer. That's not his specialty. For himself, he did great. But for what we're doing, not good enough, right? We have brand standards. And actually, after talking to him, I realized that what we need to do is create templates for a lot of the graphics that we do so we can say this is the brand standard. And it's something that we've never bothered doing before, but part of grooming the company will be doing something like this. Got it? So the, the solution is very simple. First of all, you're going to do a quarterly review of company assets. So every three months, just look at all the brand assets, right? This is a presentation for PowerPoint. This is what the slide should look like. Or these are the texts uh, that we send. Like, you know, this is the, the font that we use. This is our logo. And then every three months, do we need to change the logo? Do we need to update it? And the answer doesn't have to be yes every time, but just look at it and see if it needs grooming, right? Is our website up to date? Do, are our videos okay? Do we need to make new videos? Right now, last year, I made a program called the Smart Blueprint. It helped make a lot of people a lot of money. But at the end of the year, I wasn't very happy with it. I thought I could do a lot better because I've been learning a lot about business in the last year. So we're doing Smart Blueprint round two. You know what we did? We not only relaunched it, but we went to everyone that bought it last year and gave them round two for free because I feel I could do it better. Is there a chance at the end of this year, I'm going to do the same next year? Probably because I love learning business. And if I get new stuff, I'm going to add it again. Got it? I want to evolve my programs and make sure they get better and better and better. So that's why you know I'm recommending hire a pro. If your graphics aren't good, pay somebody to do it. And maybe today you do it yourself because you know you don't have the budget. 
but make sure that in three months, ask yourself, do I have the budget to at least redesign the logo? Do I have the budget to at least fix the website, right? Make sure it looks good, that it's groomed. If you do this, you're gonna end up with a stylish and polished look that gives customers confidence. And that's the goal here, right? If they come and the, everything looks nice, and it looks sleek, they're like, oh, this is a professional company. And you don't have to be perfect today. Just make a point that every three months, you're gonna spend a day and look at everything and choose if you're gonna change things. Get it? Physique, this one's big. Okay, if you are doing too many repetitive tasks, if you find yourself wasting time checking emails all day, if you have no free time, if you're constantly making mistakes or you like have a plan to release something consistently, like maybe a daily video and then you forget and fall off, this is a physical problem. It's not a motivational problem. What you need in your company are standard operating procedures. So if I'm gonna upload a video every day, I need to make sure that I have a task list every day that has a set time when a video is gonna get uploaded. But more importantly, that video has to be filmed in advance. So I may wanna film once at the beginning of the month all the content, you know, like this, and then make sure that I'm releasing them out one at a time. Maybe I wanna find a piece of software and I'm gonna write down in my standard operating procedure, use this software and pre-plan what days these are gonna go out. By having standard operating procedures, you will stop doing repetitive tasks because you can hire somebody to do them, right? If, if you're constantly inventing or trusting in your memory on what to do, I can't translate that to somebody. But if I write down on a piece of paper, and literally on a piece of paper, not in a digital file, I'll explain why in a minute, on a piece of paper that is laminated, and I hand it to someone and go, here is how to upload these 20 videos this month. You're gonna upload one a day, five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But it's all written on the laminate, including the link, including absolutely everything. And they can just follow it and go through the checklist. Now, people can say, why don't I just have a digital form? The reason you don't have a digital form is because there is an extra step, which is go and get the digital form. Also, as crazy as it sounds, trust me, I have run factories. I'm telling you, people will change the SOP, guaranteed. I have seen this happen time and time again, where somebody will take it upon themselves to edit your standard operating procedure because they can. And now it's edited, you've got no reference point to argue with them about what was right or wrong. You print it and laminate it and stick it in front of them. Keep a digital file, of course, you have to print it from somewhere, but print it and stick it in front of them. You can give somebody a book. Now you can hire somebody at 15 bucks an hour, give them a laminated book, and this is Monday's task list. They work through, they tick off the list, they go to the next page. They tick off the list, they go to the next page. Tick off the list. If you do this, your company will grow, guaranteed. And you won't have to do tedious tasks. It's so simple, you can start by just hiring somebody to work a couple of hours a day as a virtual assistant. There are a lot of places online you can find virtual assistants. You could even use Indeed um, or one of those kind of websites. You find somebody that will work a couple of hours a day and give them the standard operating procedure. Tell them, print this out or, or Physically mail it to them if you have to. I'd be like, I want you to work through this. You're gonna click here. You're gonna log in with these logins. You're gonna open my inbox. You're gonna to respond to every single email. You know, the, the, the ones that are written by these people, right? If it's marketing, you're gonna move them to this folder. You have to give them a full description of what to do. And, you know, and if you don't know what to say, you don't know how to do it, you're gonna forward it to me or you're gonna phone me and ask me for what to do, got it? But really write it out on a laminate and it will reduce so many issues, guys. It will, and this is how you physically structure a company. And every year you gotta visit them. Take like a weekend or a week and look at all of them. 
Are there any here that need to be updated? Does anything need changing? And everyone should do it. Now, what's cool is you can put people in charge of their own standard operating procedures. So like, I'm looking at Connor right now because Connor's behind the camera. And like, Connor comes and he does the webinar, but every so often Connor goes on vacation, Connor gets sick. And we've had Eve have to come in and take over. It would have been really cool if there was a laminated piece of paper that was like, hey, Eve, when you're setting up a seminar, make sure you have the following things. You need Adam's laptop, you need this. And that'd be a great thing if you would, I'm going to give it to you now, this week, could you write that task out for us? And then print it and we'll put it on laminate and we'll leave it here hanging up, right? So that's how I would get one of my staff members to do it. He's going to do that on his task list because Connor's great and we just had this discussion. But in the future, there will always be a laminated sheet that is designed for anyone to come and use this studio so that anybody can come in and do it about how to handle the SD cards and what have you. And this is going to give you consistent results that can be handed off to other employees. So Connor is going to be able to have a day off and feel comfortable that we can have somebody else come in and they're not going to ruin his work. Sexy. Guys, look at the top right corner. I want you to look at this. This is one of the best testimonials I got. I got it yesterday afternoon. I have the best bosses ever. Just want everyone to know y'all rock. That is on someone's personal Facebook about me and Eve. That's how our employees talk about us. Ask yourself. Do your employees, without prompt, write posts about how amazing you are as bosses? Connor's never done it, but that's because Connor doesn't like me. I'm just giving him crap. But the point is, our employees like working for us. We like them. We want, if they do their job, we love them. You know, don't do your job, we love you. We want to help you. If you've got a problem, we want to make sure that problem goes away, right? We care about our staff. But that's because our company is sexy to work for, okay? If you don't have people chasing you to work with you, I guarantee you there are people that are now contacting that woman being like, oh, where do you work? What do they do? Do they have any openings, right? Because there's other staff are now going to beg to work with our company because our employees like working here. It's a fun environment. In our company, we give you a lot of sexy benefits that make it a cool place to work. So I'm going to share with you some of them. First of all, we create benefits that encourage people to want to work for us. Okay, so let's explain what some of those benefits are. One, there is no micromanaging in our company, none. You will absolutely have somebody give you feedback on your work once you present it. But you're not going to have somebody sing over your shoulder. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? What's going on? That doesn't happen in our company. You just have somebody ask you to send your work in for feedback. And we want to be able to give feedback. But it is feedback, detailed feedback. No one's double checking what you're doing as you're doing it, right? It's after you hand in, after you submit it for review. Next, we make sure that people are kind of in charge of their own time. We don't have a strict be here at this time. Outside of meetings or things that involve other people where you kind of have to coordinate, we're kind of chill. So for all I know, Connor might get up late every day. I don't know if Connor gets up late every day. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. But it doesn't matter because I'm not micromanaging his time. Connor gets his work done. I don't need to look at his time, right? He, I give him freedom and he doesn't abuse the freedom. Problem solved. For all I know, Connor only works two hours a day, but he's really, really productive. And I'm not going to complain because it feels like he does a 40-hour work week, right? That's kind of how it is. Or maybe he's working 80 hours a week and I need to pay more. I don't know. <laughs> he's laughing. So next up, our company, we get free medical. I always say, I'm British. I believe everyone should have free medical care, but we live in America and I can't make that change, but I can make sure that my staff get free medical. So if you're a full-time employee at my company, you get full medical. And I don't go cheap either. I buy the most expensive one available, literally the best one I can get. And I do that because I care about my staff. One of the coolest things our staff get is we get free virtual doctors. Have you done this before yet, Connor? That's so cool. Download the app on your phone, Doctor On Demand. You've done a field of the doctor, it's free and they'll see you. It's amazing. 
Doctor on demand is great if you're in America. You don't have to go anywhere and they'll do prescriptions over the phone. It blows me away. Like, oh yeah, my arm's missing. Are you sure? Oh, I can't put it in the camera, but it really is missing. Give me codeine. You know what I mean? Like, and it's great. So maybe that's not how it works. But the point is it's great. And we make sure we got that feature for our staff. It was like an extra feature, but we didn't mind paying extra because we want them to feel safe. We also have a generous vacation. Our staff get five weeks of paid vacation a year. Five weeks. Most companies I know give two weeks and we give five because we want our staff to be happy working here. You know, we're not competing by paying the biggest salaries. We're competing by creating the best environment because for most people, freedom and happiness and safety and security mean a lot more than having lots and lots of money. And that's, that's key for us because we have some money, but we're not that rich. If I paid all my staff like hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'd be bankrupt, right? So instead, I make sure it's a good environment and it's fun and we have constant progression. That means we have an annual pay review every single year. We make sure that everyone, if they're doing good and their job's improving, they get a pay rise every year. And lastly, we give them bonuses. At Christmas time, we look at how much money we've made and we try and give everyone a sizable bonus. That means they don't have to worry about Christmas presents and stuff like that. So that, by using mechanism, we make sure that it's a sexy place to work. And because of that, our staff are happy. They're happy, they're eager to work with us, and we have a list. Like, I literally look at my freaking uh, inbox every day, and it's like, you have 20 applications to work for your companies. Constant, because people want to come and work for us. So we've always got opportunities. In fact, uh, the last time I made a post saying I was looking for a staff member, I had 10 people apply before I'd even made the actual post, right? It was just, oh my God, somebody just left, I'm looking to replace them. 10 people contacted me before I even put up any of the requirements. The time before that, we had over 700 applications for a single full application that we put out. 700. There are so many people looking to work in a sexy company, a company that actually looks after its employees. Because I suppose a lot of people don't look after their employees, and we do, right? So you've got to make a sexy company. If you're a great place to work, then people are going to want to be there, and you're going to get the best talent. Uh, Steve says free medical is in your employees don't have to pay for it. Yeah, our employees don't, we pay for their medical. Uh, they, they have to pay like, um, they don't pay anything for the monthly fee, but if they go and get a procedure, um, the coverage covers almost all of it. They have to pay like a very small amount. Um, I know it's a small amount because when I damaged my shoulder, I didn't have to pay anywhere near what the bill came to. Uh, that's because I'm an employee of my own company. So I get the benefit too, which is pretty cool. Make your company sticky. That's a good phrase, Stephen. Yeah, our company's sticky. You come here, we look after you. And the only employees we've ever lost are the ones that aren't working. Like, we literally can look at what they've done. When, when they leave, like, if they're quitting um, or we're firing them, it's always we can look at their work and like, wow, these guys just weren't working. And we feel it's like a level of guilt where they're not actually getting their work done, usually because something's going on in their life um, that, you know, they're not actually working. We need them out because we want to make sure we're serving our customers. Eve says it's 45 copay for a doctor visit. Yep, that's if they go. If it's the virtual one, it's free. It's amazing. It's so good. So yeah. All right, let's uh, let's keep going, guys. We're getting towards the end of the 10 qualities. It's looking good. So we're making making some good time. We're like an hour and a half in. Yeah, are you guys help? Is this helpful? The sexy thing? Do you guys get it? Like what what it would be if your company was cool to work for? And it doesn't mean the, the subject of what you sell is cool. It just has to be a cool environment, you know. Social. Okay. If you have dead social media, if you make a post and no one communicates with you, or if you've got no connection to your local community and you get no local business, right? You have no local people trying out, then you're not being as social as you could be. To put this in perspective, I got a phone call about three days ago telling us that our, one of our businesses is being spotlighted by our local town. Now, you may not know this, but your local town has a small business bureau and they will be there to help you grow your business. They can give you assets like cash for advertising, grants, discounts. You can get all sorts of benefits by working with your local community as long as they know you exist. 
as long as you take the time to turn up at the Chamber of Commerce and talk to them, which is something that we put time and energy into doing. And you should too, if you want to grow. So number one, on your social media, you should be putting out free content all the time. I don't care what industry you're in, there should be free content going out all the time so people have a reason to keep checking in with you on social media. The more they look at you, the more you turn up in their feed. That way, when you do promote something, people are going to see it as opposed to crickets, 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 buy some stuff. Crickets, 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 buy some stuff. Got it? Next, lead with value first. What that means is kind of like today, don't stop pitching people. Start helping people. Start giving them some tips. Start giving them some advice. Be like, yo, I know what I'm talking about. Let me help you. When your company leads with value and not with buy my stuff, customers come back. They want to interact with you. They want to promote you because you know what? This guy's great. 90% of what he does is free. 10% is paid, but the 10% is worth it, right? Um, and make it easy to access. Don't be like, if you give me your credit card information, I'll give you some free stuff, but I won't charge you, but then maybe I will, right? Just make it easy. Like, hey, here's a bunch of free stuff. Go check it out. In fact, on every business that we create, this is part of the Smart Blueprint, we have a free sequence of lessons. We teach all our customers to do this as well. You have a free sequence of lessons that solve the common problems people are going to have. The idea being, you don't have to pay me any money. You can come to my website and your, your basic problems will get solved. If your problem is more unique, more complicated in nature, or you want hand-holding, then you can sign up and we'll help you, right? So like, for example, that's why we got a, a marble racing business, right? That's not a very common business. We are, we're unlikely to get someone who's got like a little burger van, right? Because a burger van is kind of simple. They don't really need help. They probably come to our website, get the free stuff and they're okay. But marble racing, yep, we're going to need to help you. We're going to have to take our knowledge and apply it in a slightly different way to really help you tweak it. Got it? So that's why people pay us money is to put our brain power into it. But by and large, a lot of people just get the free advice and they're great. So that's, I recommend you do the same thing. But people will come back. The next time they need help, they'll like, oh, just go to this website. There's a bunch of free resources. And what this is going to do is it gives you a buzzing community around you, right? It gets people constantly talking about you, constantly want to promote you. And they refer people to you for help. I actually got connected with a guy yesterday. I told you about him earlier, about the guy that does these short-term investments. I got connected to him because I helped out one of his friends. And he's like, you got to meet my other buddy. So we're all helping each other. And because we lead with helping, people are constantly referring to each other and they're constantly helping us out. That means my network gets bigger and bigger as well. So if I need to do something with short-term investments, I can pick up the phone and phone a guy because I've already helped him and his friend for free. Okay, now this is the last one of the 10. There's some bonus ones that I'm actually going to share with you. We're going to go up to 12, but this is uh, sort of like the, the big one when it comes to the 10. Um, provider. This is where you don't make enough money and every month you're breaking even or worse, you're actually losing cash. Now, one of the main reasons the company does this is they don't pay themselves. Now, there is a book called Profit First. I highly recommend it. You can find it on Amazon. Um, I implement Profit First in every company I work in. I actually, the company I took over yesterday, I took over a third of a company. I sat them down and said, I will not accept a third of your company unless you implement Profit First. Profit First just means on every ticket sale, on every item that is sold, a percentage of that item goes as profit. It's forced. So it guarantees the owner of the company gets paid something. Now, if you don't do that, you might make the mistake of running a company for a couple of years and not taking any money from it. That means you're not actually running a company. It's not being successful. It's no good. A company only succeeds if it makes money. It has to make money. And so you should force that in right at the beginning. And don't spend what you don't have, right? You got to make sure you can pay yourself. I do. In my company, I get paid. I told you, I'm an employee actually in my company. So profit first happens because I'm an employee. I get a salary. I get a clear salary that I have to get paid every single month. And that is a very important part of my company. So when I work for another company, I'm going to make you implement profit first. 
You're going to have to put it in there and that money is going to get taken out for the owners of the company because you own the company, you should get paid for it. Got it? Now, if you do not do this, if you build a business and you say, okay, well, you know, my costs are $30,000. So any money I make over 30,000, I'm going to keep. You're not running the business right. That's no good. Because what if you do 31,000? You're going to live off a thousand. What if you do a hundred thousand? You're going to spend 70,000. That's not okay. Instead, say, I'm going to pay myself 10% of any money that comes in, but you have to pay it to yourself. So I do 30,000, 3,000 yours. There's 27,000 left, but that's fine. Or if you do 100,000, 10,000 yours, but you don't get to uh, just like take the leftover after cost. That is a very bad way to make a business. It will guarantee your business will be swinging. That means you have really good months and then really bad months. And then you won't even be able to use the cash you get. So instead, just give yourself a profit first system, a guaranteed percentage every single month based on the sales you do. It's a much better way to go. Or you can do what our company does, which we implement that system, but I'm capped. So I can't actually earn a percentage. I earn a salary just like a regular employee, which is an even better way to do it. So that's a very simple way of running the business. Okay. You've got to be making a percentage. And I would do it from day one. Even if I was only making a hundred bucks a month, I'd make sure that I took my percentage. Okay. So I highly recommend reading the profit first system. This will make sure that you can guarantee your income. Even if the income isn't amazing, at least that way, you know, okay, my company isn't ready to support me yet. Right. If you know, you're going to do a hundred grand a year, which sounds like, oh, it's great money in a salary. I'd only make 50K, but I make 100K. But after all your costs, if you're only left with 10 grand, that's actually a really bad business, right? You're only getting 10 grand. So at that point, I wouldn't quit my day job. I would still work the day job and have a business that does 100 grand a year. When the business does a million a year and it can pay me 100 grand a year, then I would quit my day job. Got it? It is a very good metric to know what's going on in the business. And this is the biggest mistake people make in business. You can't just take all the gross money and spend it. That's not okay. Your business is a creature in its own right. It needs to make its own money in its own right in order for it to be able to pay its bills. The number one reason people get this wrong is they just consider all the money that comes in theirs. That's not how it is. There's a reason people are paid a salary, even if they own the company. And that's how you should do it. Uh, the book is called Profit First. Okay, I got two bonus steps for you guys. I see a lot of gold nuggets there. Yeah, profit first is absolutely key. All right, two bonus steps. Everyone good? We're going to continue on? I'm just going to keep powering through if everyone's okay with that. Let me know if you guys are cool with me keep powering through. Zach says I can see how people get in trouble. Dude, they get in big trouble because I have a 200 grand payday and then suddenly get uh, you know, 50,000 expenses they weren't ready for after spending the 200 grand. All right, keep going. Next guidance. This is a big one. If you're unsure, if you're making the right decision in your business, right? If you've got anxiety, what do I do? I don't know where to go. I don't know how to think about it. Or worse, you're delaying decisions. You know, there are decisions you have to make every day and you keep putting them off. The solution is to model someone who you want to be like and spend time with them. I have a group of people that pay me money to be able to hang out with me and ask me questions. And they've told me countless times, dude, the ability to pick up the phone or to send you a message and have you say, do this, not this is mind blowing. Sometimes I'm already thinking of the right answer, but I'm second guessing myself. The anxiety diminishes instantly because they can just ask me. And I'm like, yeah, do this, man. That's what I would do. It's even better if I've actually already done that thing. Right? So I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and he was explaining to me that he doesn't know how to word what his business is and he's struggling to sell because of it. So I told him, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a group of 10 people together who are all business owners and you're going to describe your business over and over again until everyone in the room understands it. And then everyone will help you refine the words down. And he goes, oh, it's so much easier than sitting there doing it on my own for the last month. 
in a room stressing like I've been doing, right? My solution will get this done in a couple of hours. His solution's been a month already and he's still not any better because he's got no one to get feedback from. So first of all, you've got to make sure you get that feedback. But secondly, you want to be able to model somebody, right? I don't want to invent how to make successful businesses. I want to copy what other people have done that's successful. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. And the same for you. You don't have to learn how to build a business from scratch. You just have to copy someone who knows what they're doing. So much easier. Next. You, uh, you're going to be able to ask them for their opinion, right? If you do that, you're going to be able to have a sounding board. You can throw an idea at somebody and get feedback before you even do anything. And you can learn from their successes and modeling them, right? When somebody copies the business model that I've built in a different industry, they're going to get results too. So if they're a fitness expert and they copy what I've done in like my dating business, they're going to get results. They're just copying what I'm doing. It's very simple. It's very easy. And I can even tell them the time frame. I can say how long it took to get there. And we know they're going to be faster than me because I had to work it out, right? They don't have to work it out. They can just copy me. So guidance is one of the key components that's going to help your business grow. Find someone to guide you. And then number 12, time. The visual pain for this is if you're trying to get quick results that never work and you're disappointed, if you're constantly scrambling and rushing and, and doing stuff and you're not getting anything, the mechanism is that this takes time. You're not just going to turn your business over in a week or in a couple of days. Anyone that tells you that's full of shit. And it's like, you can get rich in a weekend. Don't trust them. It takes a year for full change, at least. It takes time. Time is a massive factor. You got to have your own mind reset. You got to make sure your processes are tested. You know, I'm working with somebody and doing some advertising right now. And I said to him, his first one's not going to work. We're going to do it and see what the results are. And then we're going to tweak it. We're on our third tweak. And now the results are starting to come in. But it took three tweaks. But we, I said to him, we're going to take time. We're going to make sure we look at this and get real results. Think of it this way. When you send an email to somebody, when should you look at the results? That day or a week later? Do you look at every email the day or the minute you receive it? Or sometimes does it take a week before you go through your inbox and clean it up? If I want accurate data, the longer I wait, the more accurate the data is, right? Time is a massive factor. So if I give you one other tip to grow your business, it's look for consistent growth over time with constant improvement. Don't try and force stuff to happen straight away, okay? That's the key factor here. So, um, these steps over time are going to help you uh, struggle uh, to go from struggling with cash flow uh, that's going month to month to having a company that can fund the lifestyle and freedom that you want. Now, I've helped many people reach this goal, but I want to help a few more. So are you guys down to do an exercise with me? Give me a yes or a no if you're down to do an exercise with me. I just want to find out if everyone's down for it. Nice. So I can see lots of gold nuggets. Okay, do the exercises. Sweet. All right, let's do it. Number one. Um, I'd like you to write this down in the chat. If we work together, can you write down what you believe your life would be like one year from now? So just take a minute. What would your life be like? If we, if we work together, what would it be like one year from now? So just let me know. Put it in the chat. Uh, financially independent, someone's saying. Awesome. It's good to hear. What would it be like a year from now, guys? We're, we're going to grind this together. Yeah, what would your life be like one year from now if we work together? Better. I love that, Edward. Better, says Edward. It's great. Uh, way better. Okay, but specifically, what would it be like? Like, what would happen? Would you have more money? Would you be happier? Would you have more free time? Feeling control of my personal finances and destiny. I love that. Better now. Have an Audi. Oh, that's an easy one. Business would have grown. I'd be free. Yeah, I like that, Peter. My wife gets out of my ass. That's going to be awkward walking around with a woman up your butt. Uh, wicked, smart, negotiated into multiple businesses. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. 
more money and time, more money, more time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's most of it. Is. That's great. Now, I want you to take a minute. Why is it important that you get that result? For you, why do you need more money, more time? Why do you need to be able to afford a million dollar home? Why do you need to have more money and be happier? Guys, write it down. Why do you need that? Like, there are people out in the world that like, I want more money, I want to be happier. I'm like, why? Oh, I just do. But what's the real reason? What's actually going on, guys? Write it down. Yeah, why do you need more money and time? Why is, it, why is it important for you to have more money and time? What are you going to do with it? Jeffrey says, more money and not walking at Walmart. Jeffrey, great steps to fix that. You don't have to stay there, man. You know this. I want to move back to my hometown as a success story. It's important because I want to help others. That's what I'm talking about. Rick, remember earlier I said about the company mission? This is your personal mission. That's one of the best I've seen, dude. I love it. Jose says, being low class sucks. I know, man, I was low class. I was a janitor. Alex, you know the feeling that you know you can't do more? I want, I want to die tired. That's great. Okay. I want, guys, this is good. I, for my daughter to have the life I didn't have as a child and set up for success. I'm the same. That's why I'm motivated to do it. Okay, this is good. This is your why, guys. Your why. This is why you have to do this. Ask yourself, how important is that? Don't have to write it down, but why is that so important to you? Like, is it important enough to actually do something? Because that's your why. So next, you are going to write this one down. What is holding you back from getting the results so far? Why do you not have the money or the freedom or the million-dollar home? Why are you not going home as a success story to, to show everyone at home what they can do? Why are you stuck middle class or lower class? What is holding you back from the result, guys? Yeah, what is holding you back from getting the results so far? Thank you for writing it down, Jeremiah. No mentor? Okay. Don't know how to start? Cool. Time and myself. I don't know the steps required to get me to the next level. I don't want to waste any more time. It's great. Okay, next up. Every single one of you right here, every single one of you, you already have skills that can help you get there, right? You're probably not perfect, but you've got some skills. What do you have that can help? So we want to move away from negative. What is, what is there that makes you special and unique? What do you have that's going to benefit you, right? Yeah, so what do you have that can help you get there, gang? Put that down. Let's see this. Great exercise that we're doing here today. And by the way, if you're messing around and not taking part in this, you're missing out. You're cheating yourself. It's worth taking the time to go through this thought exercise. Like, why is it important that you have these results? What is holding me back? But why can't I do it? What power do I have to actually, I could do this. I can trade markets. That's great. I can ask customers what their problem is and I can solve them. Awesome. I'm good at skating, if that counts. Okay, but, but what else do you have, man? Like, what can help you get this? I know how to learn. Oh my God, Amanda, beautiful. I know how to learn. That means the world is your oyster. You can learn anything, Amanda. It's amazing. Okay, Rick says, I'm stuck taking care of my disabled mom. It's so, so hard here, I'm sorry. And I'm helping my sister take care of her little kids while she's trying to move on from abusive relationship. That's great, Rick. But what time are you taking for you? How can you help? What, what hours can you steal to help yourself move forwards? And can you be motivated? I love this. I'm changing the paradigm around women being financially successful in their families. Why join smart? Love you, Charmaine. We love having you in the program. Yogi, trial and error, losing too much. You don't have to lose anything. You absolutely don't have to lose anything. If you're willing to put the extra time in, then that time can be translated to money, which can be used so you don't lose anything. Right, good, good job on the exercises, guys. Let's keep going. Fourth question. Do you want my help? Let me know. 
Because I'd like to help you. I would love to help you. But would you be interested in letting me get you to be the kind of person that knows how to make consistent income from your business, even if you're not working? Can I guide you on the journey? And can I pick you up when you fall down? Will you let me do that for you to help you like I've done for so many of my clients? Charmaine the other day, she's in the chat. Charmaine said to me, Adam, I need help. Charmaine, you write in the chat. What did I do? Did I ignore you or did I phone you and help pick you up? Let me know. Let everyone know. Zach, when you were struggling, did I phone you? Did I help you? You guys let me know because I've got real students here that are my paid clients. Ask me, am I the kind of guy that will pick you up if you fall down? Do I give you insight in situations where you're not sure what to do, even beyond our agreement to try and help you? And do I share with you the successes that I have? Do I share with you how I do things, right? Last month, I made an extra $72,000 in bonus income. That's an extra 72K on top of what I normally make. And I share how to do this. I show the systems of how to do this. Do you want me to do that for you? A year of training with me is not free. A whole year, guys, it's not free. But if you follow everything, and do the steps, it may as well be as many people make their money back in extra income and so much more. So if you want my help, I would like to help five of you. Not all of you. I got like a hundred people watching this right now, I think, um, and I, uh, 87. And I want just five of you who are willing to complete just one of the steps I taught today in the next 30 days. If that's you, if you say, you know what, I can commit, I'm gonna do one of those steps and then continue to complete all the rest of the steps, all 10 with my guidance this year. I would like you to join me on that journey. I'd like to help you. And it starts with just one payment of $1,500 followed by nine further payments. But I want to go one step further, guys. If you sign up today, those five people, I will make the second payment for you. So you'll make $1,500 today. I'll make the second $1,500 payment. So I'll match you on your second payment. Afterwards, you can make the other eight payments yourself. And I'm going to go a step further. Eve doesn't know this. I'm throwing in my $5,000 Smart Blueprint program. So you're going to get to do the Smart Blueprint as well this year. This is the best deal I've ever offered to help people with business, guys. So you're going to get the full $5,000 Smart Blueprint program, and you're going to have me help you. And you can do it all for one payment of $1,500 today. Plus, I'll make the second payment, and then you've got eight more payments after that. If you want to do it, just text I'm in to plus one eight one eight four four one eight zero zero two. That was the pitch. I hope it wasn't too painful for you. Um, if any of you are interested, I just need five. Five people that want to do this, just text I'm in to plus one eight one eight four four one eight zero zero two, guys. I would love to have you do it. Ask yourself, what have you got to lose? It doesn't cost anything to at least text the number and talk to us, right? That doesn't cost anything. But ask yourself, do you believe I can help? Do you believe I would help? Do you believe I'll pick you up if there's a problem? Do you believe that I will give you the solution and share with you what I'm doing? Because you guys have seen I can do it. Would it be worth 1500 bucks to have me open it up and show it to you? Yeah, because I'd like to. So right now, you probably fit into one of four categories. As some of you, you're number one. Uh, do me a favor. I want you to let me know which one you are, okay? So either put a one or two or three or four in the chat. If you're a one, you got this. You already know that you can crush it. You don't need my help anymore. You can write one in the chat and you can log off, okay? You got this. I helped you. Thank you so much. I'm glad I got to help. Like I said, I don't mind helping for free. You just put one in the chat and disappear. Or there's number twos. The number twos probably already half watching Netflix. You don't really care about this. You can't wait to go back and watch Netflix. Do me a favor. Put a number two in the chat and you guys can go too. There's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. 
um, you know, you're over this and that's fine. Then there's going to be number threes and number fours. The number threes, you loved it. It made sense. You want me to help you. Thank you. Just text I'm in to 818-441-8002. We got you. We'll get you in the program. I just need five. I'm not looking for more than that. Just five people. And then there's a, another group that loved it. It made sense. You want to help, but you don't have the funds. Like I said, we still want to help you, okay? There are other ways that we can help. There are many things that we have. We have access to a lot of free trainings, our past trainings. There are ways that we can help you make cash. If that's you, just text HELP to plus one eight one eight four four one eight zero zero two, and we'll help you. We will find a way to help you. I hope if there's nothing else, the one thing you've realized is I'm here today for my company's mission. And remember, my company's mission is to help you grow your business and help you scale and help you be successful, help you become free, help you find more money, help you be able to go back to your hometown as a success. That's what I want. That is my goal here, right? That's why I just sat teaching for free. I didn't get paid for doing this. And that's why there's an option. If you don't have the money, just text help to that number. We'll work out a way to help you, okay? But if you're a three, if you're like, you know what, fuck it, let's do it. I've always wanted to work with you, Adam. I've always wanted to learn from you. I promise you, I'll go out of my way to make sure you make every single penny back and then more, okay? That's my goal to you. Every student that listens to me, they make more than their money back. It's a piece of cake. I will help you do it. Just text the numbers. All right, guys, cool. There's a lot of fours. Just make sure you text Eve. I can see some threes as well. Amazing. Um, the name of this program is very simple, Alex. It's working with me privately. That's it. This is just me wanting to help people privately. There's no, there's no name to the program. It's not a training. It's you get my personal phone number and I'm going to fucking help you. That's, that's what it is. I want to help some people directly. I want to make sure that they get the results. Okay. So you just put it down message. Absolutely. Sweet. You guys are amazing. Just text Steve and say, Hey, I want to do it. All right. And I'm going to do a Q and a, cause I got a whole bunch of questions. Um, I'll leave this up for you guys. Just remember one payment of 1500 to start and I'll make the second payment if you do it right now. So with that being said, let's, uh, uh, there, if you're already in the smart program, unfortunately you won't get a bonus because you've already got the smart program. This is a special offer we're doing just as a one-off today, but just message even we'll go from there. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Tracy said, I think you're great. And I know you can help me. I'm committed to scalable mastermind. That's amazing. You're in a great program. Don't worry about overcommitting. When the time's right, the time's right. I'm here. This is a one-off special offer, but I am absolutely here to help in the future if you need me, Tracy. No pressure. 1,500 uh, US dollars. Absolutely, Danielle. 1,500. All right. Let's do a Q&A, guys. Let's keep it going. Okay. So, Edward, for years, I've been trying to find a list of the banks that fully support the OFX Open Financial Exchange Protocol used by QuickBooks Desktop. I'm the only bank in the US that I'm aware of and currently fulfill correctly implements OFX's Bank of America, who would like to find a viable alternative to. Any idea how to obtain this? Okay, this is very interesting and very technical, Edward. Okay, so Edward's got, this is a very complicated question, but I think I can answer it. Trying to find a bank that fully support OFX Open Financial Exchange Protocol. So, Edward, I got a question for you in return. Based on your question, I'd like to know why you need to do it, uh, but I will, I will tell you how I would solve it. So Edward's got a question about finding the right kind of bank that can integrate into QuickBooks the way that he wants, uses a very special thing known as the Open Financial Exchange, right? This is um, what he's after, making sure that it fully supports it. In any situation where I've got like a complicated financial thing that I want to resolve or a complicated legal thing, I always defer to a pro. So in this situation, I am not an expert financial guy and I am not an expert legal guy, but I make sure that in my Rolodex, I have access to those people. The key person that I always look for in my company is a chief financial officer. 
Rather than me trying to become an expert on finance, I would rather hire one of those people. Now, a chief financial officer is usually out of financial range for most people. But a chief financial officer who has a day job is often down to pick up a few hours of extra work a month helping a smaller company, especially if that company is willing to offer equity at some point in the future. It is well worth putting up an advert on a website like Indeed to look for a fractional chief financial officer, which basically means somebody who wants to work part-time as a financial officer. You will typically get somebody who works full-time in a major corporation and deals with a lot of very complicated financial bank integration and systems like this, but you're going to be able to hire them for a fraction of the price because you're just going to pay them one or two hours a week. It's great to have access to them just to be able to pick up the phone and ask them a very complicated question where they can use their network, their resources to give you access to the information you need. And while I may not know the best solution to this very specific financial question, I guarantee you my CFO would absolutely know it if it was possible and if it existed. So I would just have to pick up the phone. So I would highly recommend that you, when you develop your company, start by finding a fractional team that specialize in these different elements. Um, okay, Anonymous says, is it okay to do royalties with your clients in addition to what you charge for services? For example, I do email copywriting. I want to do a 10% royalty for every sale. Um, my emails make them, but doing it for new clients I take on. At the same time, worried about objections, want to know how to handle it. Okay, yeah. There are numerous ways to work out how to charge for services, but most of the time you want to have some kind of guaranteed income and you want some kind of percentage profit. Think of it this way. As a salesperson, you could either be working for a flat rate, you just get paid a set salary, that's not really going to motivate you to make sales. Or you could be paid commission only, where you get paid only a percentage of that which you sell. But that doesn't give you any reliability if there's something that's struggling. One of the best models of motivation for yourself or for a staff member is a base plus percentage. And for all the high-level roles in our company, or when we hire salespeople, or when we're pitching our services to other people, we will often request a base rate plus a percentage. This way, we know we're going to get a percentage of growth and scale as it goes, but we've also got a guaranteed amount that we can rely on. Now, typically, you can offer multiple pricing. So you can have a rate that does not include a percentage, but that rate would be significantly higher. Um, or you can have a rate that is only a percentage, but the percentage is much higher, like 50%. Alternatively, by having this base rate plus a small percentage, you're going to get the best of both worlds. And it's often the one that most of your clients will choose. It's one of the best ways to price out your business. Cool. Anonymous, I hope that helps. Maxim. Adam, I was telling you about uh, that you control your spare time. How do you structure a week or a day and stay motivated? Oh, this is a good one. The way I structure my day is one of the keys to my success. I use time blocks throughout my entire day, but one of the key points is I always attach a time block to what I call a fixed event. What that means is the very first fixed event in my day is when I wake up. But I might wake up at 8 a.m., I might wake up at 9 a.m., I might wake up at 4 a.m. because I don't use alarm clocks. It doesn't matter what the time is, the time block is fixed to when I wake up. My first 30-minute time block, which is 25 minutes of being active and five minutes of uh, resting or messing around, uh, which uh, scientists have discovered is one of the most optimal ways for humans to be productive, is getting ready. So I'm getting up, brushing my teeth, putting my clothes on. That's my first time block. My second time block and the next four time blocks is writing. So I've got exactly 30 minutes to get up, get dressed, mess around on my phone for five minutes before I sit down and write. 
I will then spend 25 minutes writing, take a five minute break, do another 25 minutes of writing with a five minute break and so on and so forth until I complete the writing sequence. I will then begin the breakfast sequence and after the breakfast sequence, the meeting sequence and so on and so forth. And I have a number of sequences mapped out for each day that cover all the core things that I need to work on. And then at 5 p.m. sharp, my time blocks stop and I'm completely free in the evening to spend time with my kids. I have time blocks on Saturdays, but they don't go through to the end of the day. And I do not have time blocks on Sundays because I like Sundays off with my family. All you have to do is uh, you can draw this out on a piece of paper, like a, a graph, like a graph paper, and you can draw out the time blocks and you can write inside them or color code them exactly what each task is going to be for each time block. I recommend grouping time blocks so you can get groups of three or four together. So you're working on something for an hour and a half to two hours. You're going to find the five minute breaks keep you fresh and motivated to work. By grouping them, it helps your brain focus on a task and you can do it for long periods of time. But Two hours of working on a task is a lot better than just working on a task until it's done. Because what will happen is you'll get burnout, you'll get tired, you can't control your day. But I know that if I spend two hours today, two hours tomorrow, two hours the next day, eventually the task will be complete. And I find this is the best way to manage my own time. Cool. Um, is there a book about time blocks? There is not a book that I found that I could, that I could reliably tell you about time blocks. I'm sure there is one, but I don't know one, I'm afraid, Edward. Respontaneous, how do you spot relevant trends? That's a good question. If you're trying to be spontaneous in your company and make sure you're reacting to all the different trends, one of the best things you can look up is actually Google Trends. Google has a trend website that shows you the top 10 trends and you can even search via different subjects. I make sure that once a week I go and look at Google Trends just to see what's going on in the world. It's actually crazy how often you'll see a trend pop up that you don't even know about. Um, and then when you look into it, you'll realize that it's some kind of obscure trend that, um, that is really, really popular on the internet, but it's just affecting a different uh, you know, generation than yours. But it can give you some great insight into what's going on in the world. And I find that by clicking on that trend and spending a few minutes looking at a Wikipedia site, it actually makes me more knowledgeable about what's happening in the day-to-day -day world than actually looking at the news or talking to my friends. So Google Trends, once a week is a great way to know whether you need to be pivoting your company or what trends you need to be following. Okay, Boyd, I'm confused about the spontaneous part. How do you be spontaneous if you've been spontaneous? Good question, Boyd. Uh, so I'll answer this one quickly. So Boyd, the key to being spontaneous is just to make sure that your company is reacting to what's happening in the world, right? So for example, if there is, uh, so for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, when that happened, I basically tried to stay out of it because I'm not black. So I was like, I don't want anything to do with it. But then there was a lot of my black friends that were messaging me and saying, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you made a statement about this. So once a couple of my black friends said it to me, I was like, you know what? I am going to make a statement. So I made a video about it. And that way my company was being spontaneous and reacting to an important trend. What software do you use for monthly seminars? For our monthly seminars, we use Zoom to deliver it and we use ClickFunnels um, in order to build a website that allows people op to opt in. And we use ActiveCampaign um, as a way to handle their emails. And uh, there's an integration with text messages for reminders. So between ActiveCampaign, uh, their integrated text system, ClickFunnels to build the website, and Zoom, we handle our monthly webinars. Good question, Jeremiah. Carsten, real leadership. Who would you create a common mission when people disagree on a mission? Or how would you create a common mission when people disagree on a mission? When it comes to leadership, what do you do if you've got half the team want to do one thing and half the team want to do another thing? Believe it or not, this is one of the easiest situations to solve. You put it to a vote. And what's great about that is you, as the leader of the company, will either step in as the odd person 
or remove yourself in a situation where there isn't, uh, or, or remove yourself in a situation where the number of staff members you have is odd. That way you know that somebody's vote is going to be the deciding vote. The best way to do a vote is to keep everything completely anonymous. And always, because you're leading the company, make sure that you present all the information and the choices that are going to be voted on. What you don't want to do is leave it up to an open discussion because that would take too long. As a leader, I want to present options and then I want my company to choose. So in my company, I do this often. If I want to work with a new team, if I want to bring on an agency to help us, I don't just say, hey, we're hiring them. Instead, I get all the information from the agency. I get all their pricing, all the breakdown. I pull the important people of my company into a room and then I ask them to vote on whether we use them or not. Everyone will make an anonymous vote. They'll let us know what they think and that will decide whether we go ahead. And by doing that, I'm not just telling my company what to do, but I'm leading as a social leader and letting them vote. This way, my company and my employees feel that they're actually important decision makers, or especially, I don't ask everybody, but I ask the higher ups, like the really important people, and I'm not just forcing decisions through. They feel like they're part of a team and I'm being a good social leader. We experienced. What is the easiest way to network with competitors? This is great. I believe that networking with your competitors is one of the fastest ways to grow your business. But the question is, how do you do it? I found the easiest way to do it is just invite them to dinner. Whenever I go and visit a town where I know one of my competitors is, I'll reach out to the owner of the company and say, hey, I'm in town. I've always wanted to meet you. You're down to do a dinner. You'll be shocked how often your competitors are just as curious about meeting you as you are to meet them. And the fact that you've reached out and invited them is usually enough. After you've visited their town every so often and they've visited yours and you've had a few meals together, you can develop a pretty good friendship. You don't necessarily have to talk about business. And of course, you don't want to attack them or make them feel bad. Instead, I usually tell them things I love about their business and what they do. Some of my best friends over the years have come from old business uh, competitors who actually sold their business. And now we're not competitors anymore, but the friendship has stayed. What's great about that is they have so much insight and knowledge on the industry. And now they've moved on to something else. They don't mind giving me everything. I've had people absolutely share with me golden nuggets that have grown my company in leaps and bounds simply because I was friends with a competitor who gave up the business and moved on to something else. It is so worthwhile being friends with your competitors and organizing a dinner is a great way to do it. If you're struggling or you don't have the time to do it one-on-one, -on -one, don't worry about it. Invite a whole bunch of them to turn up all together. There's one particular group of people that I know where once a year, one of our friends organizes all the competitors to come and have a group dinner. They do it in their local town. We all fly in and we sit down for two days. We share wins that we're comfortable sharing. We share tips that we're comfortable sharing with our competitors. Usually things we've done over the last year that were good for us that we're going to move on from, but that they may not know yet. We all sit, we chat, we eat dinner, we get to know each other. And that's a great way of, of bonding with those competitors in a non-hostile environment. And when there's a whole group of you, it's a lot easier to make that happen. Reprovider, did you have any comments on profits? Yeah, I, I did mention on profits, the main thing is profit first. Making sure you put that in is going to ensure your profit is guaranteed in your company. What's great about this is you can actually set the profit that way. You can say, I want my company to run at 15% profit. Now your company will run at 15% profit. What it is going to do is it's going to stop you quitting your day job early, right? So if you're starting a business, some people be like, wow, my business made $30,000 this month. I'm going to quit my day job. But because they didn't put in profit first, they don't actually have enough money in the business to support them and support the business. It makes a lot more sense to put the profit first system in and then run the business while making money elsewhere to help support it, to help float it. And then when it's big enough, based on the profit margin, guaranteed that you can quit the job, then you quit the job and bring yourself on as an employee. Can you give an example of professional giving someone touch? That's a really good question. 
So um, one of the love languages is touch. It's one of the hardest love languages to use in the workplace environment because you can't just go around touching people. But if you've got a staff member that touch is their love language, they're often going to be a lot more receptive to it. The question is, how can we broach this gap without making anyone feel awkward? It's very simple. In our company, we make everyone do the five love languages test and everybody writes on the board the way they like to give love and the way they like to receive it. Once we identify what everyone's love language is and the way they communicate, it's pretty simple. We just make a note. If I meet someone that their love language is touch, I'll say to them, hey, oh, that's awesome. Your love language is touch. Just out of interest, um, is that something you're open to receiving by the way of a handshake, a high five, um, or a, you know, a gentle squeeze on the shoulder or, or anything else? If so, let me know so I know how to broach it. All we're going to do is we're going to add communication. A good amount of communication before doing anything is one of the best ways to show that. Or another phrase that I absolutely love and is one that you should consider using is, what is the best way for me to, um, to, for me to help you feel appreciated through the love languages? So they can say to me, the thing that I like is this. Now, I can tell you one thing that we did in our company that made a big difference. We had someone that touched with their love language, and the way we rewarded them was by paying them to get massages. That way, I'm not the one teaching them. I'm not the one touching them. But I'm paying somebody to touch them in a way they really appreciate. And uh, actually, in this seminar, that post that was like, I absolutely love Adam and Eve, that's because that staff member touches their love language and we paid for them uh, to get massage. Cool. What's the best way to get started with a business on the side of your regular job? If you're looking to start on a business on the side of your regular job, I found one of the easiest things to do is to look for the problem that most people have. Most of the time, it's going to be in the service industry. Uh, so I, I'm like looking, there's a window behind the camera, and I can see there's a whole bunch of lawns that are not mowed. If I really wanted to make a side business, I just like absolutely had to get some cash, I'd probably start a lawn service business. Now, this is pretty easy. It wouldn't be that difficult for me to start communicating with my neighbors, just get talking to the people next door and be like, hey, um, who do you currently have to do your lawn care? And if they're like, well, not really anyone, we can't do ourselves. So like, if I, this is the phrase, if I then would, right? So if I then would. If I started a lawn care business, then would you be open to hearing about it, right? So I haven't actually started yet. I'm just asking for permission. And I could get a list of everyone's name and phone number in my neighborhood that might be open to this. And I can talk to my neighbors. I don't even have to go knock on the door. I can just see them when they get outside. I'm like, hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? And so I can get a list of like 10 people that would be interested in lawn care. And all I have to do is buy a good lawnmower, find somebody that wants to make some money mowing lawns, hire them for minimum wage, charge more than that, and I can do all the lawns in this one street. Once I get that going, I can take that money, reinvest it. Remember, I'm not doing the lawn. I'm just building out the business model. Before I know it, I can be controlling six different blocks in my area, which is going to make more than enough money to give me some side income, which I can then use to either grow that business or realistically start a different business or maybe even sell that business to the person who's doing the job for me, um, make some extra cash, and then move on from that. There's so many different ways to make this work. And that's a very simple, easy way to start a business. There's a service industry business providing a local community. Um, is there a specific mental switch that the most successful people have made in order to become what they define successful? Yeah, there is. There is a mental switch in your mind that if you switch it, it will make you more successful. And I've seen this time and time again when I meet successful people. And it is all about the way that they problem solve. There are two types of people in the world. There are people that get stopped by a problem or there are people that will find a way around the problem. The people that get stopped by the problem, they're like, well, there's a tree in the way. I can't possibly do that and give up. They're looking for excuses not to succeed. Those people never succeed. 
But the ones that make a switch and say, when I see a problem, I will find three ways around the problem and choose one of them, they never get stopped by that tree. They say, you know what? There's a tree in the way. I can either cut through it, I can go around it, or maybe I can climb over it. And then they just pick which one they're going to try and try it. And if it fails, they've got two others they can fall back on. Those people might stumble at the tree for a while, but they will eventually get past that tree and continue down the road. The most successful people are not stopped by things blocking them in the road. They just find different solutions and problem solves their way around it. What happens is the more you problem solve, the better you get at problem solving. I would argue there is almost no better skill for success than problem solving. So once you flick that switch and make a mental decision that I am going to get past the problem as opposed to use it as an excuse not to succeed, that's when you start getting massive success. Uh, what are your top three favorite business books? There are so many incredible business books that I have read. However, I attribute a lot of my success to three very specific books that I've read in this order. The very first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad taught me about asset growth and had me focus on generating businesses that generated cash as opposed to working in a job. That was one of the first things I ever read and it made a massive difference. The second thing I read was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I took a very different lesson from it from most people. A lot of people hear, I don't have to work a lot and I can make lots of money. I heard, if I build the right kind of systems, then I can have lots of businesses. So rather than having just a single business that worked for four hours and I took the time off, I realized I could have two businesses and I could just work four hours on each and so on and so forth. That enabled me to multitask. And as someone who has ADD, that appealed to me as lot. By using Rich Dad Poor Dad to learn the importance of building businesses that are assets and the four-hour work week to systemize my businesses so that I could do multiple things, I started growing rapidly. And the only other book that made this difference was not a business book, but it was something called um, Talent is Overrated. It was a book about how to get good at absolutely anything. This meant that no matter what the problem was, no matter what the skill was, I could get good at it. Now I could get good at a skill, turn it into a business, run the business simply as a system through the four hour work week, and then use that to generate cash and assets. That's how I've built and grown my life. That's how I built and changed my business. And those three books completely changed my life. I need the answer because OFX streamlines my accounts playable process for the companies I manage. Yeah, Edward, I, I, that's how I would do it, dude. I would reach out to a, a chief financial officer, just for the record. It's beyond me. That's not my skill set. You need a financial specialist. Um, what would you do if a competitor takes a good chunk of your customers? Oh, this has happened. Um, so you're running your business, and then one of your competitors comes out of nowhere and steals all your customers. What are you going to do? Well, there's nothing you can do. If somebody does that, that's just how it is. In fact, I have had two different people steal all of the customer data from my, uh, from my customers. The best thing I could do is hit them with a cease and desist, hit them with a lawyer and tell them the contact them would be completely illegal. Did they do it? I suspect so, but I have no idea because I don't tend to worry myself about problems like that. If someone's doing something bad to me, I find that rather than spending time dwelling on the bad thing that happened, I'd rather put my energy into good things. So I will put my energy into growing my company, finding new customers, finding better customers, building better processes and serving people. I know that I'm going to look after my customers a lot better than someone who has to steal customers to grow their business. Because of that, I consistently grow over time. My company is built on a very solid foundation that grows and builds and gets better year after year. The competitors that all you know, stole things from me, they're all dead, they've all failed, and they've all collapsed. Because bad businesses, bad business processes end up with a bad business, and a bad business always collapses. So don't worry when someone does something bad to you. Just focus on doing good, focus on helping your customers and growing, and everything will be okay.
What types of paid business mentors, coaches do you have? What do you each specialize in? You said you have three. I myself have three different business mentors that I pay and learn from to this very day. The first one is a guy uh, who used to run Sprint, the mobile phone company, and now he acts as my general business mentor. This guy helps me evaluate my staff, evaluate my team. Um, his name is George Appling. If you care about his name, he's an incredible guy, very, very successful business owner. Um, and I learn a lot from him every single day. He's the guy that I phone when I'm confused and not sure what to do about general business practices. Um, the next guy is a guy called Travis Sago, who is a copywriting, advertising, um, and product development specialist. This is somebody that I work with on all the writing I do, my emails, things like that. I'm constantly trying to evolve better language so that I can serve people better and, of course, improve my sales and make sure my customers are happy with what they're buying because what I'm describing is exactly what they get. Um, he's been an incredible mentor. I pay, from, I pay him and learn from him every single week. And then lastly, but definitely not least, is probably my biggest uh, mentor, which is Roland Frazier. Roland Frazier has been a massive giant in the world of business for many, many years. He's worked with a lot of big brands that you would have known. And this is somebody who I spend as much time as possible with. He's the one that teaches me about business acquisitions, negotiations, mass scale of companies. Um, and he was my, my realistically my first real big uh, main mentor. And because of Roland Frazier, I get to live the life that I live today. So I'd say they're my three biggest uh, mentors and they all mean so much to me. Gabe, does this apply to real estate even if you're just starting off? A lot of the systems and things I've taught you today, Gabe, absolutely do apply to, uh, to real estate or to anything, right? If I'm running a real estate company, I've still got to make sure it's a cool place to work, right? So the concept still applies. All right, next one. With the potential business I'm trying to start, could I create events like Dave and Buster's Night or Go Kart Racing? I'm unsure as I'd have multiple clients. I don't want them missing out. I found that when you're trying to find incentives for customers or staff or what have you, it's a lot better rather than mentally trying to guess what they want, just ask. Every single time we've tried to force an idea on someone, they're like, oh, this is kind of cool, kind of, I'm not sure. Every time we said to them, what do you want to do? We've got a whole bunch of good suggestions back and they've been 100% happy with the results. So this is customers, this is staff members, get used to surveying people and ask what they want so you actually deliver the things that they need. Okay, have you, would you get hypnotized to help improve an area of the life? Um, people have asked me whether I would get hypnotized to help improve my life. I can tell you that as somebody who studied psychology for many years, I don't believe in hypnosis. Um, there are so many different uh, psychological studies that have looked into hypnosis that kind of prove that it's really a self-induced trance. It's something that people do to themselves and other people can suggest that you do it to yourself, but that's realistically all it is. And in fact, there have been times when people have been able to duplicate the hypnosis effects by just pretending to be hypnotized. So realistically, um, I wouldn't really put any of my own beliefs or mentality uh, into hypnosis as a tool for me, but I do recognize that it can help other people because if somebody is open to being hypnotized and it does help them, then of course they've improved. So I'm not somebody that, you know, bad mouths other people's things. I just make sure that I only do the things that I know work for me. And I found that nothing works better for me than from listening to smart people, putting in good work and spending time being happy and spending time with my loved ones. Next question. What is your thought on the laws of human nature by Robert Greene? Uh, Gabe, I haven't read that book, so I, I can't give thoughts on it, unfortunately. 
Um, Stephen, any tips on my dropship company idea? Uh, that's going to be a bit too complicated to answer in this one. Stephen, we'd have to really dive deep on it. It's not sort of like a, a quick generic question and it won't help everybody. That's better say, that's a good example of what I'm saying about done with you, right? So in these free ones, I don't mind answering questions, but something that's really digging deep into your particular business would take time away from everybody else. And you know, we've got like a uh, hundred people here that we're trying to help. Um, have I ever read How to Be Rich by Paul Getty? I have not read How to Be Rich by Paul Getty. Um, and NLP is used in business, but it's based on hypnosis. Uh, some people use NLP in business. Some people use hypnosis. There's all sorts of different things. They're just not my style. Um, and then this is the last question, guys. How can I figure out what kind of business to start? I have absolutely no idea what to start. If you're looking to start a business and don't know what to do, there are a number of things to do. Number one, you can survey all the people that you know who have successful businesses and ask them what's the biggest struggle they have in their business they wish they could hire somebody to fix. If 10 of the people you ask, if seven of them have the same answer, that would be a really good business to build, right? Something that would solve the problem for those companies. But you can also do that for friends. You could contact 20 friends and say, what's the one business service you wish you could hire today? And if out of your 20 friends, you know, 12 of them say the same thing, that would be a good business to start. However, if you have absolutely no idea, I'm going to recommend a book by a very good friend of mine. My friend's name is Ryan Levesque. He lives in Austin and he wrote a book called Choose, C-H-O-O-S-E. And it's all about how to choose what business to start. So maybe you want to check out Ryan's book. That is how I'd go about starting a business. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've got two more questions popped up. Um, what is my field of expertise to coach clients to improve in? Many people have asked me, let's start again. If I had to tell you what my field of expertise was um, that I can help other people in, um, it's actually two. My two skill sets are one, I can go in any room, anywhere in the world, and get people to love me. I've done this in uh, environments with criminals. I've done this in environments with gangsters. I've done this with lawyers. I can't tell you which of those three are worse. Um, I've done this with business owners, with billionaires, um, with groups of young people. It makes no difference. I know how to go in, connect and, and meet and be friendly with absolutely everybody in a way that I'm accepted into the group. So that's skill set number one. And I can teach that to anyone. And I have taught that to members of the FBI. I've taught it to military professionals. Um, I've taught it to, uh, to all sorts of people, business owners, to be able to do that. So that's skill number one. Skill number two that I have is I am very good at taking incredibly complicated concepts and refining them down into simple steps that anyone can follow. And I need that for myself because for me to be able to do something, it has to be simple steps. Once I realized that I could take complicated things like the way that human beings make decisions and break it down into simple steps, I could negotiate multi-million dollar deals. I could negotiate complex arguments between couples that are arguing. I can do all sorts of amazing things because I can see human interactions, which should be very, very complex and difficult. And many people say like, I don't understand how people make decisions. Like, you know, why is my wife doing this? And I know because I can see these complicated things and break them down into very simple steps that have clear, uh, actionable uh, things for you to follow to get proven results. So they're my two superpowers. But because of that, I can teach almost any aspect of anything that I choose to get good at. And the two things in life that I've decided to get very, very good at are business and all the aspects of it, from hiring staff to sales, to marketing, to building up audiences online organically, to improving revenue, to building profit, to mergers and acquisitions, to the negotiation of sale of businesses, to handle supply chains, to do with transportation. These are all things I have extensive experience in and I know how to help people through product development, factory lines, shipping, handling, distribution centers. I understand all of this. Physical retail stores, online stores, e-commerce. These are all things I have a ton of experience in 
and I know how to do. Likewise, the other thing that I'm really good at is dating because I worked in the dating industry for so long. So like meeting, attracting, maintaining relationships, all these things, these are my skill sets. So within that group, there's so much. And that's one of the reasons why you'll often find me shifting from topic to topic to help people with because the number one reason why I believe I'm here on this planet is to help people that are struggling. I want to do that more than anything. If you don't know what steps to take, I want to give them to you. And so my areas of expertise are what I use to try and help people by giving them clear, simple steps to get the results that they want. Oh my God, questions keep coming in, guys. This is great. Um, all right, next question. Uh, once you think you have a good idea, how do you check it? If you think you have a good business idea, one of the easiest ways to validate it is to see how fast you can make money. I actually have a program that called the Smart Blueprint, where I teach people how to take a blueprint and apply it to a business to make it succeed. But the very first step of the Smart Blueprint is to prove that you can make money within, 20, uh, within 48 hours. If I can't make a single sale from an idea within 48 hours that brings in actual cash money, I will often scrap the idea. Because if no one's willing to give me money for that idea, then it's useless and doesn't mean anything. And in fact, I use a technique known as rapid prototyping. That is something that Google uses all the time internally to develop an idea out within 48 hours and try and make sales. If I get sales fast, then that's something I'll develop. And if I don't, I scrap the idea and move on. <laughs> Steven said, I got your comfort DVD. That's awesome. It's old. Uh, the retail advice will help my marble products finished. Absolutely will, man. I got you. Uh, Boris, if I wanted to start a business around dating because all the people around me seem to struggle with it and learn dating skills from experts like Neil Strauss and Adam Lyons, how do I actually go about starting a business to help my friends and family? If you're trying to start a business that can help other people, whether it's uh, you know, helping people with their dating lives or as a life coach, motivational coach, fitness coach, um, I would strongly recommend that you use a simple three-part structure, which is something that I teach people in my Smart Blueprint program. The first thing is for free, I would educate people. That means I would be solving problems online as often as I could through videos, through responding to people's questions, through releasing free material. And I would be educating them on simple ways to solve their problems. At the end of every solution, I would invite them to learn my method of how I developed that solution. My method is what I would call part two, which is the indoctrination. This is a breakdown of how I make decisions, why the decisions happen, and help people understand some of the background behind why I told them those specific steps to take. At the end of the indoctrination method, if somebody's gone through that and they've listened to my, my thoughts on the matter, then I'm gonna invite them to a conversation. A conversation is, would you like to talk to me further to hear more about ways I help people? Those that say yes to that would then get a phone call with me, and that would be the sales call, where I would say, if you're interested in learning from me further, you're more than welcome to retain my services, and that's where I do the pitch. So it's a simple three-step method, educate, indoctrinate, and conversate. And that's something I teach all of my private students in my Smart Blueprint program. And Nick says, thank you. Oh my God, you guys are amazing. Danielle says, what's your opinion on the book, The Power of Now? I've never read The Power of Now. I know, Danielle, I haven't read it. I'm sure it's good, but I haven't read it. Um... Anonymous, how would you go about offering to clean people's rims and windows if you're looking to make extra money at gas stations? Um, if I was trying to make some extra cash by uh, you know, offering to clean people's cars and windows at gas stations, it's very simple. I would contact the local gas station, get their permission to offer this as a service with their permission. It'd be a sandwich board, and I'd make sure that you know, we put flyers or maybe a digital flyer on all of the different gas station pumps. And I would just offer, hey, while you're, and I would stand there and be like, hey, while your car's getting, uh, you know, getting pumped, your gas, do you mind if I speed clean your car quick? Um, you know, I operate for tips. And I would start off like that. And then once I'd got that going and I feel comfortable with it, I'd probably put a set price on it, right? So maybe $3 to do a quick, uh, a quick clean. Um, but what's great about this is then I would hire people to do it. So we'd charge $3. Um, we'd use Venmo to make sure they didn't just keep the cash. 
Um, and then, you know, I would pay them a percentage of how to do that. From this, I'd start rolling that out across gas stations all across the country, and I'd build my empire. Um, next, how can I apply this in construction work? Most of the people that work in this area in my country haven't finished high school. Um, Frederick, again, that gets complicated. It's kind of like more specific to you. It's really hard to give that kind of advice. That's something that would really need like the smart blueprint or one of our personal programs to help. So um, hopefully that helps. Guys, that is every question. Um, I just want to invite you one more time. If you like the way that I answer things, or if you want a deeper dive, if you want me to really look at your business and help you out, um, the best way to do it is this. It's one payment of $1,500. And remember, I'll make the second payment. I'll make you a deal. Within those first 60 days, if you don't like it, if I've not helped you, you can absolutely quit and I'll give you your money back. Okay? I, I'm not after your money. I'm after helping you. And I just want to make sure I get time to do it. So if that sounds good, that's no risk. $1,500, no risk. You can quit in 60 days. I'll give you your money back. Just text plus one, 818-441-8002. Remember, it's going to give you access to the smart blueprint and it's going to give you access to my, uh, my personal coaching. This is a no-brainer. It's the best deal we've ever offered. Go take it, guys, if you're interested. All right, uh, I can see there's a Q&A here. Uh, someone said, have I read the 12 rules for life? I have not. That's it for the Q&A, guys. No more questions. I'm moving to the chat just for a second. Um, guys, how was this? Did this help? Was it worth your time? Uh, I've been going for two and a half hours, give or take. Um, I think I kept my pitch to less than a couple of minutes. Um, uh, was it all okay? Does this sound good for everybody? Let me know, guys. Let me know in the chat. I want to make sure I've still helped you. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremiah. It means a lot. Ricky, yes, you're awesome. Mindy, oh my God, thank you so much for watching. Amazing webinar. Ah, oh, you guys, great. Thank you as always. Can't wait for the meeting later today. Heck yeah, I can see some of you guys later on. Zach, it was incredible. Amazing. Definitely have time. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much, Rick. Ah, oh, you guys are so great. Thank you, guys. This means a lot. Like I do it for this. Stephen says, gold. Shelton, thank you. Love you, Shelton. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. As you say, it seems so obvious, but I just never thought of applying the aspects to business. No problem. That's what we're here for. You guys are all incredible. Thank you so much. I will see you in a month. We're going to have another business seminar. And of course, we've got a dating one two weeks from now. Thank you all. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.